You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. That was amazing. What a wild week of sports. Yeah. Since we have talked last, everything has happened. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seahawks, new coach. Mm-hmm. Mariners, new players. Mm-hmm. Basketball, all the things, including a fight. That it's just crazy. What What hasn't happened? I guess the Super Bowl hasn't happened. Andrew's been watching Pro Bowl festivities, which is weird. There's who watches wasn't that? Anything else on? <laughs> there wasn't anything else on. Sports related. I was gonna say like that. You're you're talking like somebody who watches cable television. No. Like no, what I, is I, on the when television? I say, when I say there's nothing else on, I mean there's no other sporting events going on. Hmm. That's not basketball. Sporting got, events. There... <laughs> Justin. Yes. You're furiously tapping away at your phone. Okay, I'm, I'm. What's going on? I made a mistake. What was the mistake? I forgot to prepare for one of our segments. <laughs> oh no! So, <laughs> I can guess which one. I'm scrambling, but don't worry, I've got this under control. I'm starting to wonder because you have to carry at least, if not more, than half of this show, and right now, you haven't said anything. Hello, everyone. This is The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz. Daniel Hargrove here with me as well as trusty producer Andrew Gross. We are brought to you by Spivey Realty Group and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. If it wasn't for you, what's the A stand for, then how would we ever get that stuff done? I was rambling about randomness the whole time. It's. I know what it's like, though. I say live and Daniel's brain actually goes blank. Yep. But, it, but in that moment, like... It's like you were you were rambling. Yes. And probably hoping for some support. I was a little bit. Which it, when you have to fill a lot yeah. of empty space, rambling gets more rambly. And then yeah. you look over at me and I'm just in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> when I weird. should be also interacting with you. It was weird. So bad job by me. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, it reminded me of my pregame shows for high school basketball games when I didn't get there early <laughs> enough to get a uh, coach's interview. And I have 15 minutes to fill of just me talking about how teams, teams that you've probably seen maybe w- once or twice. Yeah, if yeah. that. And I'm like, this guy's tall. That should be interesting during the game. <laughs> it's different from when, you know, we do a game together and I'm talking about Monty Boy's team and I'm telling you about the ninth and 10th guy off the bench because I've known yeah. them since they were nine. Yes. And you probably coach them at some point. So you take credit for everything they've done athletically. I, and I still do. Yeah. Yeah. And Carter instead, Kreitz. it's me like Aberdeen when I had Aberdeen versus Tumwater. And I was like, Tumwater's got this really tall guy on their mm-hmm. team. But maybe it'll be a close game because all oh, their records aren't very close. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> the last time they played, oh, Aberdeen lost by 30. Uh, we're looking for a good game tonight, folks. But when your kids get older, 
and you start coaching all these kids in different sports. Yes. Then when those kids are in high school, you can do what I do. Like on senior night when Carter Kreitz came off the bench for Monty and hit three threes. And I was like, I coached that kid in football in grade school. I'm taking credit for those threes. Yep. You taught him how to shoot those threes. I don't know why it turned into cronk, to, uh, cronk just then. Cronk dad? Cronk. Ah. ah I take credit <laughs> for those threes. Oh, your cronk was so much better. Those threes. Those are on me. <laughs> Pretty good. What's that actor's name? Uh, oh, Patrick Warburton. Yes, Warburton. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, so hopefully we're st- we'll still be doing the podcast in like fourteen years. Then mm-hmm. that seems weird to think about. That's how long based it's going to take. Based on our history, I'd say we'll probably quit it for several years and then pick it back up again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's how we roll. You know how else we roll? We get it going with the two minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go, hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet Buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two minute drill starts now. I was gonna do that. The Seattle Seahawks have hired former Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. McDonald! As their new head coach. Daniel, do you like that move? I do like that move. I was curious. As to why the process was taking so long, turns out it's because they're waiting to talk to this guy that they weren't allowed to talk to for the longest time. And after hearing the interviews and everything, I'm like, yeah, I can get on board with this guy. It doesn't seem like it's just the next up-and-coming, flashy new thing that seems to fail 80% of the time in the NFL. But it seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders and a good plan, and I like his idea of defense of not just, this is what we do. And it'll work, but more the flexible, fluid, expect your players to be smart style. And I like that. It should be fun. Justin, your North Carolina Tar Heels beat Dukey Duke Butt Butt Duke on yesterday. (laughs) On yesterday. yesterday. (laughs) Darn it. I was so focused on the Dukey Duke Butt Butt Duke. Nailed it. (laughs) Does Duke suck? Yeah. And would Duke suck, suck, Duke, 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 suck, suck? Yes, they're terrible. Uh, I really needed it, to be honest, because after watching my Tar Heels lose a conference game on the road to a subpar team on Tuesday, I needed them to be able to play a pushover like Duke so they could get a win that really didn't stress me out at all. Duke's terrible. They have a 0.00% chance of making even the Elite Eight this year, even though they're ranked number seven. Even the Elite Eight. I hate you so much. The The Seattle greatest year in recent memory for (laughs) Oregon State was making it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I didn't. That was unintentional. (sighs) The Seattle Mariners. (laughs) You know what? Duke's going to miss the tournament. There we go. The Seattle Mariners. That's not true. (laughs) Dang it. The Seattle Mariners acquired some solid pieces via trade this week. Daniel, how much of an impact will Jorge Polanco and Gregory Santos have for the Nurs this Don't season? Stop calling them the Nurs, but Nurs. they're, they're going to have a huge impact, barring what everything else is. With This is going to be the theme of the Mariners. If healthy. The Nurs. If healthy, the M's. The Nurs. <laughs> Polanco is a stud. I did not know how much of a stud he was, but he is a stud, when and I'm excited. Yes, when he's on the field, he's going to be great. And then this Gregory Santos dude, have no clue why the White Sox traded him, but they did. So as long as he doesn't have a pitching injury, which anybody who's read the arm knows that you can just 
blow out your elbow at any given time, but that can happen to any pitcher. This dude looks amazing. Yeah. 103 mile an hour sinker? Sinker? Good luck. Yeah, and a sinker is even better. A sinker all. <laughs> you haven't even seen what that pitch does. <laughs> it sinks and curls. <laughs> oh! It's like the gyro ball. <laughs> Damian Lillard's Milwaukee Buckos lost to the Blazers in his White return. Buckos. <laughs> Portland on Wednesday. <laughs> Dame said he enjoyed being back. Well, he got a standing ovation that lasted an hour and hinted at returning to Portland at some time before his career being over. Justin, should Dame be embarrassed for losing to this Blazers team? Everyone who loses to this Blazers team should be embarrassed this year <laughs> because they're bad and they're not trying to win. So yes, he should be embarrassed, but mostly my takeaway from this game was I was so glad to see Dame get a warm welcome yeah. from the Portland crowd and I'm so glad to hear that at some point even if it's just for sentimental reasons and he's not good anymore that he may be back at the end of his career because I think I like him more than any basketball player of my lifetime sorry I fell asleep because there was so much basketball going on there was like half basketball yeah it's only half basketball half ball half skidball half skidball I want to play that game. What's half skitball? It's basketball, but only for people who are half the size of basketball players. Ooh, like pro like basketball players? Basketball. I I almost fit into this category. Yeah, like are you half the size of LeBron? Not quite. I'm a little taller than that. Yeah. <laughs> but do we take weight into account? Well, if that's the case, then that wouldn't is, work for me at is all. Is he 340 <laughs> pounds? I don't think there's a lot of 340 pound. Uh, I mean, 360 pounds. 360 okay. pound. Uh, well, now everyone knows how much Daniel weighs. Yeah, I'm 360 pounds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Would you stop ruining Mariners questions by calling them the Nurs? No. You're a Niners fan. Why now. did you phrase that as a question? You. <laughs> you should just tell me to stop doing. Stop it. it. You're a Niners fan. Yeah, the Nurs. Do it to them. I already did. I did it earlier. I know. I mean, only do it to them. I only do it for teams that I root for. So the Mariners, the Nurs, the Niners, the Nurs. They're two different sports. I don't understand why it's so confusing for you. The Tar Heels, the Eels. He also oh. calls all of them the Nurs. The Eels. Yeah, the Tar Heels the, are the Nurs. The Oles. <laughs> the Tar Heels are the Oles. The Titans, the Nurs. <laughs> My Kansas City Chiefs, the Nurs. <laughs> Gosh, it's not a problem. It's a big problem. Ah. <sighs> What do you think about the Seahawks head coach? Have you ever been able to yeah, listen? I, There's so much that's been going on this week. I think I think because, no judgment if you didn't get a chance. But well, what do you think? I think because the conversation that I was hearing immediately afterwards was this was a very coveted candidate that other teams wanted. Yeah. And there was so much positive about him. Like usually there's a fair amount of people going, ah, either I don't know if this guy can handle it, I don't know if he has the experience, and he's really young. Super young, 36. But He's only a year older than me. Nobody, and he's, yeah. Which worries me that he's coaches... Young, he's younger than me. Coaches are going to be younger than me now. Yeah, because like you're that. old. Yeah. Not me yet, but you are. Ugh. Uh, so, yeah, I felt, I felt like, pretty positive about it. I, I think the one thing is, you know, if you go back to the last super young coach who had great success McVay and he was younger because I think he wasn't he like 32 when he was hired or something really that he was really young holy crap maybe not 32 but he was really young yeah 
And he came in saying, hey, I'm an offensive guy. Right. I'm going to take care of the offense, and I'm going to bring in a veteran defensive guy who I can just say, hey, I need you to take care of slash teach me about the defensive side of the ball. And he just handed it over to him. And I'm blanking on the old farts name that he brought in to run the defense. Oh. It's somebody famous. He used to be with the Cowboys, right? Yeah. It's a guy that everyone knows the name of, and I knew it like two days ago, but I forgot now. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that McDonald, who has proven to be, he was 30 years old when he got, okay, 30, that's even younger than I thought. So I'm hoping that McDonald will be able to bring in a guy and say, Hey, I've proven that I'm really good at running the defensive side of the ball, but I have some work that I need to do to learn the offensive side of the ball, bring in somebody who's experienced at running an innovative offense Hopefully you can find that because it's not that easy to find, but bring in somebody who has more experience than you and just kind of give them that side of the ball and, and make sure it's someone you can trust. And then you run the defensive side until you learn how to make things functional on the other side. Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips. Okay. So that was going to bug me if I didn't. Thank you for looking it up. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I did feel good about it. I think in general, um, I would, there was a lot of other candidates out there. I wasn't going to feel good about. Like, we got through an entire coaching cycle of of coaches being hired, and there were no suitors for Bill Belichick. Isn't that weird? But I, but at the same time, it is weird. Yeah. Because he's pretty much the undisputed goat of coaches. Yeah. But at the same time, I said from the very beginning, I don't want him. Because not only do I think that his style of coaching is probably not reaching today's players. Right. But he's old. So old. He, he would be the oldest coach in the league now that Pete Carroll's not a coach anymore. He'd be like almost as old as our president. That's you. Wow. <laughs> not nearly as incoherent, but um, yes, I don't want to hire a 70 plus year old. It's one thing if it's right? like it's Pete Carroll. He's entrenched. He's already there. Yeah. And you continue to have him as your coach. Like but if Bill Belichick were to keep in being in. Exactly. Yes. And you'd feel fine about that. Exactly. But if, if you're bringing in a guy who's that old, how long can you expect to have him? Yeah. How long can you expect that he's going to continue to be sharp mentally? Yep. And you're also bringing in a guy who has the opposite mentality of Pete Carroll. Like Pete Carroll had, he was a guy who could be 70 and still reach and be a part of like young men's lives. And Bill Belichick was not that. Nope. So I didn't want him. And, but I did think it was kind of surprising that that nobody nobody wanted him enough to give him what he wanted, which from what the, some of the reports were is, he wasn't going to take a coaching job unless he could also be over personnel. Ah. And he was not a very good GM. No. I would have been okay with Vrabel. I think I would have liked Vrabel. I think I would have liked But I think yeah. I'm more happy with what they did. Me too. I, I want, I'm usually when it comes to coaching things, I want, I would rather have somebody new get a chance yeah. than somebody who's already failed. Yeah. And I, I think it, my thought on that changes a bit because I think if you failed once, you should probably get another chance. But I would like you to prove it, to, even if you have to go back to being a coordinator or something first, I would like to see some sort of period of growth in between. Yeah. But I don't want, what I didn't want was just another retread like you see happening so often. Like it seems like every time you get coaching searches, 
around high school football these days, it's like the same five guys just switch schools. And yeah. I'm like, can we just is, – is it that hard to find a coach? I know it's a lot of time to put into it, but there's got to be somebody new who wants to try this out, right? Yeah. And so that's what I was hoping didn't happen. I didn't want like – Okay, like I would have been okay with Vrabel because I kind of like the way he coaches. Yeah, and it, and he has a track record of seemingly overachieving it overachieving based on his roster. It, exactly. Yeah, but I definitely didn't want that. Just okay, everybody yeah. rotate. Yes, which is what seems to happen in these situations. Yeah, and it kind of didn't happen as much this yeah. year. You're like, right. I think for the most part, teams are kind of wising up to let's get a guy who has a chance to prove himself. Yeah, and if they fail. That's okay. Yeah. Fire him and move on. Yeah. Like, Get a great pick. Exactly. Yeah. The problem, the interesting thing with this is he was so sought after, McDonald yeah. was. I, I, we've heard the contract length is six years. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like it was cheap. No. So it seems like they really had to go after him. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they won him, which is yes. cool. Like, yeah. you, you had a battle for a coach with other teams. Yep. And you got the guy you wanted. Yes. Absolutely. I, I'm curious about Andrew's thoughts about this too did you Andrew did you have a, a general opinion of what the Seahawks did I liked it I uh, I was worried that they were gonna hire Dan Quinn mm, yeah. and I don't dislike Dan Quinn but if you were in my opinion if you were gonna hire Dan Quinn why did you move on from Pete Carroll yeah oh that's and a good so question I, yeah. that's what I was worried about and I feel like they did basically exactly what I would want them to do, which yeah. is go out and find the exciting new prospect and give them a shot. Yep. Absolutely. It is weird, though, that there's such like universal praise, it feels like. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of people who said, no, the Seahawks made a bad move? I don't think I've seen one person I don't think I have that. either. Yeah. And that makes me nervous now that it, we said that out loud. For sure. <laughs> yeah. What about... The other move that you haven't found any negative praise, mm -hmm. well, I, I, or negative, I guess negative praise isn't really a word, um, with the Mariners moves this week. Yeah. I think both the Polanco and the Santos deal, I'm not sure if I've seen really any negative feedback on either of those things. Well, the only negative about Polanco when healthy is that he misses a lot of games, <laughs> yeah. right? So... But the one year in the last several years that he had, he played a full year. His stats were awesome, ridiculous. And he's like a career two ninety five batter or something. something like like he's that. he's yeah. good. He's a good player. He he hits. He's productive. He hits a decent amount of home. He's not slugger like he's gonna go hit fifty home runs or anything. But right. He can hit the ball out of the park. He'll drive in runs. He bats for average. Um, that one felt pretty good. The the Santos one. Almost everybody, like even on Twitter, which is usually a super toxic place. Yes. I was like, all right, let's get the fan reaction to this. And I was looking at replies to the big tweets that were announcing the move. And it seemed like everybody thought it was good, which totally caught me off guard. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Like they might be building a team in like a very productive way. They mm. might be building a competitive team in a very productive way. Right. But it's not the way I wanted them to do it. Yep. Because they had all these guys who were their prospects. They were supposed to develop them and they were supposed to have big splashy free agent guys to come in and round out the roster. Absolutely. And it didn't happen. And I, I'm not even going to blame, uh, 
DePoto for that no. because it seems very clearly that he was told, here's the amount of money you have. It's less than you wanted. Yep. And he's had to work with what he has. But I just thought, like, it's going to be Otani. It's going to be Soto. It's going to be somebody's going to come in. They're going to pay him a huge amount of money. And he's going to be the big, splashy move that will complement an already solid roster of prospects that we brought up. Right. And that's not the way they've done it. And that still kind of frustrates me. So they have to do... They're not going to do the Tampa Bay Rays thing or the Oakland Athletics thing where they only have guys who are under club control and then they trade them immediately when they're going to cost any money. Yeah. And they're not going to do the thing where they overpay 100 free agents like the Mets did and did and the Padres did and the Rangers did. And the Rangers did, but they're going to do something that's kind of in the middle. And the thing is is does in the middle work? Not usually. Because we've seen both of the I, other ends of the spectrum work. They work and we've <laughs> seen them fail on both ends too. Yeah, so true. it's not like they always work. Yeah. But have we ever well, seen it worked the, for the Rangers? Yeah, it worked for the Rangers and it's worked for the Rays in the past. Yeah. But have we ever seen the middle road work? Probably, but I can't think I, of any I, times. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to think about. Francis said, downside to any Mariners signing is they're now Mariners. Just look what happened to Cano. Cano was great for he. What? He was a pretty good player for the Mariners. I mean, Francis he wasn't pay attention he wasn't, to anything but Yankees, so he assumes that Cano just never played again. Oh, I thought yeah. you said Cannell. Oh, and no. I was like, who the heck is Cannell? Uh, no, he also Cannell. says all Mariners do is derail Hall of Fame careers. Griffey was lucky to get to the smaller dome to get his numbers up. Gosh. You know what, dude? Like, just back up <laughs> off me, okay? Earlier, we, I was talking with my son about Francis's son plays for Hoquiam. Right. Right? Yeah. And I said something about how his, his dad, like, oh, I've known who he was since grade school because his dad is my friend. Yeah. And then I paused and I was like, his dad is my friend of me because <laughs> he just pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> yes. So we do have a lot of really good stuff on today's show, including in about hopefully in about five minutes, we're going to have the Monty boys basketball coach Leonard Barnes on with us. Oh, right. I forgot that was happening at three yeah. 30. Yeah. One more really quick thing. Polanco is 30, which seems old, but I don't know. It's interesting that he first came up when he was 20. Yeah, he's been in the majors so, for a while, but wow. he hasn't played very many complete seasons. Yeah, but he's he seems young for how many complete for how many seasons he's been up for. Yeah. So he's got like he's got 10 at least seasons with time in the pros. I know I looked at his career yeah. like I looked at his year over year stats and I was like the thing that stands out to me here is this guy misses a lot of games. Yeah. Yep. And that so that was concerning to me, but he seems productive when he plays. Yep. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe the Mariners will catch lightning in a bottle, and he'll play 155 games and be great. But yeah, I mean that's Polanco, Garver, Haniger. Yeah. Like all three of those guys. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, shoot, I was, I have so much more Mariner stuff I would like to talk about. Well, go but. ahead. Why don't you start that? Well, no, it's more just ramblings of a madman as as my scroll. I, I did my typical scrawling. Scrawlings of a madman. Mad this man. one is a little more organized than your normally mad. Yeah. Normally mad scrawling. Something I heard. It's also such like this piece of paper that you yeah. have is perfect for mad <laughs> scrawlings because it's, it's not a full ripped. piece of paper, but it's also obviously ripped out of a notebook. Yeah. I ripped it like as I was leaving. And it's crinkled and folded. Yes, crinkled. <laughs> <laughs> and not folded well either. It's yeah. not like the folds make sense. Anyway, I like <laughs> really to do don't. my projections on what the lineup's going to be. Okay. 
And when you first asked me where in the lineup does Polanco hit, yeah, um, I was thinking like either two or five through nine somewhere. Okay, yeah, you know, but I've heard both Depoto and Hollander, Hollander's their GM, okay, talk about how they can now go left, right, switch, left, right, switch. And they've said it multiple times in every interview. Like, and usually when something's repeated so much, I'm like, okay, that has to or be part of their what plan. what they want you to think? Yeah, maybe. But so I was like, okay, how do they go left, right, switch, left, right, switch? And the lineup comes out to J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, Polanco hitting third. Julio hits two? I can't think that of another way this works. He either hits two or six, could or you two or five. Julio, could you switch Julio and Crawford? Well, then that would be right-left switch. Weird. But they said it multiple times. Left-right right, switch, switch. Okay. left-right switch. Okay. And they said it twice. So I'm like, okay, they're giving us a hint, right, for how they think are the they top six batters are going to be? left-right switch in the two-hole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Well, yeah. Like, Julio is the anti-two-hitter to me. Am I, am I reading that That's wrong? where he hit. Most of last year. Really? Okay. Yeah. So this is me not paying attention. But I yeah. think of, am I going old school well, when I think of the two hitter yes. as the guy who bunts and moves guys along and sacrifice flies? Yeah. And he's the guy who does all the dirty work that you need. That's yeah. old. That's, this that's, is 2001 Mark McLemore. Yes. Okay. Bad but job now, by me. I apologize. Now a lot of teams put their best hitter at two okay. because he's still not leading off, but he still gets more at bats over a course of a season than the three hitter. Counterpoint. That's dumb. Yeah. I understand that, too. Uh, they did have Rodriguez leading off at the beginning of last year, okay. and then JP just kind of took it and ran with it when Julio had his slow start. Okay, you so, finish the lineup, and while we do that, Andrew, will you yes. uh, email Coach so, Barnes the link, and I'll text him to say email. Will do that. Okay. So my thought is that they're thinking Crawford, Rodriguez, Polanco, and then... Then you got to find another left-handed batter to hit four, and I gotta think they're thinking Luke Rayleigh, the guy they got from Tampa. Okay, because Garver, my initial thought would have been Garver, but he's right-handed, and so I guess they would go Rayleigh Garver and then switch again, would be Raleigh. So I think they hustled you. So either <laughs> well, the weird thing is they kept saying it. Like yeah. in I've I heard him in like four or five different interviews. Yeah. Say, oh, this gives, you know, Scott the ability and the flexibility to go left, right, switch, left, right, switch. Is it possible? And they said it multiple times in each interview. And so I'm like, how does the lineup look? Left, right, switch. And that's the only way I could see it. Is and it, yet it doesn't make a hundred percent sense to me. Is it possible that left, right, switch is the order? But it could start at anywhere. Like, it could go switch left, right, switch left, right. That's interesting. So maybe Polanco would switch lead off, and then left, Crawford, right, switch, and yeah. then Rodriguez, and then Raleigh? Maybe. It could happen. I don't know. Is there a reason why you wouldn't have Crawford leading off still? No, that's only, the thing. Only because so, the guy after him... Well, I don't know. It's not even really... I guess if I'm if I'm too old school on that, it's not the guy after him. It's the way the order breaks down after that that's weird, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Crawford Rodriguez makes sense. Yeah. The weird part is it makes sense in the new I don't school feel thinking. yeah counterpoint. I, that's dumb. Yeah. I don't feel like <laughs> Polanco's who you would generally think of as a three hitter, mm -hmm. except for that one year he was completely healthy and he hit yeah. thirty three bombs, which I believe was like twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty twenty one. Oh, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. Just a couple. Um, years. But then after that, if you're thinking another lefty, that's where it really gets confusing because you're like, I guess that's Rayleigh. 
What's the big dumper? He's a switch hitter. Okay. So then that's the other weird thing is you're moving in that situation. You're moving big dumper all the way down to the six hole. Is he not like a prototypical cleanup guy? Right. That's what I was thinking. His nickname's big dumper. Exactly. Like you don't have a big dumper on your team unless he's your cleanup hitter. Exactly. Maybe a fifth hitter. Yeah. Not six. No. So six is stupid for big dumper. Anyway, I thought that was weird because I feel like nobody really. <laughs> and he's not in, a three. In a, all the in all the interviews, nobody was like, "Oh, left, right, switch, left, right, switch." Let's talk about who that would be. Yeah. And yet, both guy, both the Poto and Hollander, each went, Are you guys, mentioned it multiple, multiple. Oh yeah. Times. If, if Coach Barnes is there, we'll yeah. bring him in. All right. Sweet. Yeah. So we're gonna talk to Montesano boys basketball coach Leonard Barnes. Uh. Montesano, we haven't talked about this yet, but they are coming off a huge win, a dominant win over Hoquiam on Friday. Just rub it in, why don't you? 61 to 28, which not only uh, gave them a win against a team that they had previously lost to, but also jumped them over the top of Elma and gives them the two seed out of the Evergreen 1A League going into the district tournament. Coach, can you hear us? I see Coach Barnes. Coach, can you hear us? Guys, hear me? Yeah, yes. we can hear you. All right. All I right. don't hear you, so we'll get this thing going. Let's get the party started. Awesome. <laughs> right. So thank you so much for making some time for us. I know you're a busy man, but we I've been talking about your team for weeks on this show, but I figured we'd get the perspective of someone who actually knows what they're talking about. <laughs> so I want to know uh, – Basically, what what have you seen from this team that has now finished second in the league and swept the league on the second time through, 4-0 in the last league games, and a six-game winning streak? What have you seen from this team that's made them so successful? Well, I mean, you know, this journey, it's taken a while, but I really do think over the last few weeks, the second half of the league play, um, we're just starting to come together. I think there's more upside um, you know, it's all really started with uh, some of the, the rebounding and defense and the half courts, uh, you know, those type of things. But just also uh, just a commitment and effort of the kids. They really want uh, to have success. And, um, you know, we were probably uh, on a real steep learning curve. Uh, first half of the year, some of these kids, you know, did not uh, – no, no, even know who I was come November 15th. I had a few of them in the summer, went to Gonzaga, but I think it, you know, it takes time, right? You want to, you want to do things in steps, especially in basketball, such a quick, fast sport. You don't have a lot of time to think. Uh, and you, if you overload them, you're not going to have a lot of success. But with that said, um, I, I think the, I think they're making great steps, and I don't think we've played our best basketball yet, and I think the kids are really hungry to get out there and compete some more. With this team, it seems like there's so much balance, not only with who can be the player of the game every week, but also uh, just the different types of athletes that you have up and down the roster. It's such a deep roster, I feel like. Who are some of the kids that maybe surprised you um, from early in the season to how they've developed now. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, uh, Peyton Domashevitz is our stopper. I mean, he, uh, he, that kid is a workhorse. I, uh, 
Man, his jersey, his practice jersey has got to be washed every night because that dude's got five-pound wet jersey. Oh, no, Coach, we, I mean, we haven't washed all... it all season. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, he keeps asking me for another one. He always brings the other one back. So I got his back like he's got mine. But, uh, I mean, uh, in the last few games, I mean, since uh, I, I call it the UPS adventure with uh, – I call him Pepe. With Pepe going to UPS, and when he came back that day at Aberdeen, that man, whatever they did to him at UPS, it lit a fire for that young man with offense. He's now not only getting the, the defense and the rebounding and all that glue stuff a good coach wants, you know, behind the scenes, the deflections, you know, steals, the extra pass, just good decision. I mean, he is a stopper, but now he's got some offense going around the basket. And uh, so whatever happened that UPS trip uh, at the Aberdeen game, when he when he was on a roll, I just started chanting at the bench, UPS, UPS, and <laughs> oh my God, we had a great time with him. He, he's he's definitely one. I would definitely say, um, you know, uh, Tice Peterson came into the year, uh, you know, getting his feet underneath him. But I think over the last couple of weeks, Tice Peterson's really getting it rolling. Um, how can you not talk about Delon Chan, yeah. a young man I did not even know on November 1st, hmm. a guy that one of the kids came to me uh, about 10 days before opening day of practice on November 15th, said, Coach, here's this transfer student guy. Have you met him? And I said, no. Well, we, we kind of played with him. And, uh, Coach, he's pretty good, like really good. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you better make sure he comes out. And He's Delon pretty Chan good is an understatement. Is, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for I'm having a real hard time hearing you guys, but so you just give me a high five. I talk too much, but Dong Chan, um, you know, he came from Hong Kong and he never had played five on five basketball, uh, guys. He's only played three on three basketball where he came from. They did not have gymnasiums. It was only played on outdoor courts and, uh, they, their courts were small enough. They only could do three on three, uh, does that tell you how fast this kids came on? We take it for wow. granted with because he's so smart and he's so athletic. But to all of a sudden transition to five on five, I had to teach him about uh, how to line up on the line for free throws, just all the little stuff that we would know as uh, parents and playing uh, coaches. He didn't know any of that stuff. He just he just had a god gift gift of quickness, like a cat. He's so quick. Uh, but he also is so smooth with his shot. And then, you know, getting the trust of his teammates, like, who is this guy? You know, uh, you know, and now they've, they're, they're, they're tight. They're all pretty, they're all pretty tight and they all understand who each other is. And we're there for one. That's for us. So um, I would also say over the last couple of weeks, uh, Cam Taylor yes. has really started stepping it up. You know, he had a lot of football. He had some recruiting stuff going, but he settled in real nice. Um, you know, Soren has uh, been a presence inside with his length of his arms. Um, so Jackson Wilson coming off the bench, uh, he could start, come off the bench, but he gives us such great energy. And I've talked to him about that coming off the bench. That kid knows how to play one way. He is all in, uh, like all the time. When we beat Tonino, I think about the play where uh, Jackson Wilson dove at face first, full outside, uh, and he kicked that ball out further so they couldn't get that shot. Uh, nice clean look. Uh, so I mean, definitely Jackson would uh, be in that be in that category too. Uh, Cam, 
uh, Peyton, you know, those kids have all just been great. I think we've actually surprised each other. Uh, the gel and the tightness, new coach, new voice, uh, creating a new culture, uh, non-negotiables, you know, uh, learning my voice and what I mean. I think all of that stuff just plays together. And I'm, I, I'm blessed. You said it. We have some athletes. I got Gabe Bodwell. I mean, my God, Gabe Bodwell, uh, talk about a surprise. He didn't play with us all summer, but he was up front in the spring, said, Coach, I'm a one-sport player. I'll, trust me, I'll be out for basketball. And he, uh, he, he's done it, guys. He's a, he's a rebounding machine, strong kid, uh, quiet demeanor. Uh, he, he's brought it. So I think all of these kids – uh, have really brought it. We've got eight seniors on this uh, crew, uh, and that maturity, that athleticism, that experience, uh, and knowing that culture that's been created in other sports, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 working well. So, Coach, I, I've coached a lot of these boys. Obviously, I know them very well. I've coached a lot of these boys at some point. There's one kid that kind of holds a special place in my heart, and it's not my own son, <laughs> but I want to talk to you about Tice Peterson a little bit. I want to expand on that a little bit because I want to talk about the dynamic of Tice from last year being the main scorer, the main guy, often the only guy who could put the ball in the hoop for Monty. And this year, the rest of the team has developed around him, so he's shifted into a different role can you give us a little bit more about, like, not even from a basketball perspective, but from a personal perspective and a maturity perspective, what Tice Peterson does for you guys? Uh, Tice is, the, I call him the glue man. He'll, if you guys say glue to him, he knows what it means. He's our glue. He's our he's our anchor. Um, you know, I let the kids vote for captain, and I picked one, right? And I have two awesome captains that really represent their guy. But Tice Peterson has been all in. Uh, I mean, he has been all in. I mean, I'm talking about deflections, steals, assists, uh, sometimes have to take the best player on the other team, depending on height and where they play, to also giving up some shots. I mean, like, you know, there's some other kids. If you look at minutes per plate on our team, per player, you know, um, you know, and you look at how many shots, points, their field goal percentage, all that stuff, uh, he sacrificed a little bit. But I'll tell you what, guys. Tice Peterson's got it going, and he has put team first. And but he's still he's still in the front of the bus leading this team. He like I told him, I said you got the keys to the ignition, right? You've played a lot of basketball. You 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 compete hard. He leaves it all out there every day in practice, in the bus, in the game. Uh, love him. Tice Peterson for what he's done for his team and being a great leader. And I love my kids. They all embody that. I love stories like that. And Tice is definitely somebody who's been so impressive to both Justin and I when it comes to his leadership qualities that he has. Coming from this league to now districts, something that you have a lot of experience in and moving teams to that next level. What are you doing to try and prepare this team for the district tournament now coming up this week? Well, uh, I mean, definitely that relies on the coaching staff. So, uh, you know, we are, we are dialed in. Uh, we're, we know who we're playing. We're playing Stevenson um, out of the, out of the South down there, our first game. And then uh, we're taking it. So you've got to have one game, 
approach, one play approach, one stop approach. And uh, you better be dialed in defensively and you better be dialed in uh, also on, on the rebounding side of it. Because those things in playoff games, defense and rebounding, um, they're huge, they're key. And then just being ready for the uh, things like what teams do to you, throw the gimmick stuff, you know, people like to throw out their traps or their one, three, one, all that different stuff. You got to be ready for it. But, you know, some of that stuff is a process and we've been preparing for it. And uh, we'll have two days. Uh, you know, we've got some good tape. We'll watch film. I always watch Big Believer in film. After every game, the next practice, first 30 minutes, we're dialed into uh, segments of the game we just played and learning moments. I call, there's never an L, right, for a loss. There are lessons, I tell the kids. You get the W for the win, but the L is the lesson, and you got to have that attitude. It is a lesson, and there's things we can learn. Sometimes you match up with teams, and it's just the way it is, but most games have lessons in them uh, of what we could have did, what we should have did, and that is not only as players, but as coaches. And, uh, you know, we bear stop that. We, we study it. And uh, that's that's how we approach it. And that's what we're doing right now. We'll be dialed up for that tomorrow when we get into the gym and uh, practice. We'll have had a good film session. And we'll have another one on Tuesday also. And Coach, I have one more player that I want to ask you about. And it's kind of hard because, like, I, number one, I love all these kids. And I appreciate the skill set that every one of them brings to the table. But there's one kid on your team that has not been a starter for most of the year, but I think he could start on a lot of other teams. And also his specific skill set is like when he comes off the bench with a great amount of energy causes all kinds of problems for the other team. I want to talk about Jackson Wilson, and I want to talk about what he does for you. Now, he's come on offensively as well, but I want you to tell us about what a, a player with Jackson's skill set can do for you guys defensively. Well, one thing Jackson brings, guys, it, it, he brings unequivocal effort, and he wants to compete. Ultimate competitor, he wants to compete. He wants to be in that floor. He, he'll give you everything. If you need someone to literally dive into the stands or on the floor, he'll play. He'll say, Coach, put me in as a four in practice. I want to yeah. learn the four. He knows every spot one, two, three, four, and five. He can play them all. And when we, we, we do a lot of rebounding type, different types of rebounding situations, and he's in there high pointing the ball uh, with the biggest of the bigs that we have. He's fearless. I mean, like he doesn't back down from anybody. Uh, I I have learned. Uh, I have a great love for Jackson. For one, his leadership, his competitiveness, and his drive to have success. Uh, it's it's been impressive. And uh, uh, he, I told him, he makes me smile when I see guys give effort like that for their team, it just makes me just like, that is it. That's what it's about. Given, given that effort for your bros, for your team, your school, your student section, that dude's bringing it. I mean, he is a warrior and he is not afraid to take anybody on at any time, at any position. You know, it's kind of funny. They're, these two kids are so different in so many ways, but the way he plays and what he brings to that for you reminds me a lot of another kid you coached however many years ago it was at Aberdeen when Rodney Ham used to come off the bench for you. <laughs> Is that kind of a similar spark plug situation Three for you? people who are watching understood that reference. <laughs> but I love that. I love, I love it. I love it. Yes. 
I think that uh, I think you're right on. Rodney had that ability to come in and kind of reset a game. Uh, he had that electrifying quickness. I mean, Jackson's shooting's getting better and better. We talk about good shot, bad shot, early shot, late shot, shot selection. But Jackson, I'm telling you, if you came to practice and watch this guy, uh, you would think Cam Taylor was his wide receiver in our fast breaks. I mean, he can throw dimes <laughs> yes. out there. But definitely, that's a good that's a good analogy with Rodney because Rodney was he just he. I mean, he, Rodney wasn't always the most prettiest guy. But oh my God, that guy! That guy! He was a winner. He wanted yeah. to win every time he got that ball, and he he. <laughs> that makes me laugh. I love Rodney Ham and his athleticism and what he did for us. A great competitor, also not going to be afraid of anybody. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Rodney Ham played with reckless abandon and yes. created chaos, which was awesome for those teams. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because Daniel, you and I loved watching Rodney Ham at that point. Coach, I have one more question for you, and we'll let you go on this one. Um, I want to talk about the big man rotation because you've had kind of a, a back and forth starting between Soren Cobb and Camden Taylor, and then you have Gabe Bodwell in there kind of playing the four, but really he could handle any center in our league as well. So what does it do for you to have three different guys that you can feel so comfortable with pretty much matching up against any big in the league? Yeah, I mean, like uh, Cam, uh, I mean, Cam's such a big physical, strong, kind of super strong hands. You've seen that in the Oakland game. You watched yeah. it. There was probably three or four times there were guys right with him trying to pull the ball. No dice. Cam Taylor just squeezed it tighter. You're not getting it from that big guy. And when he he has, um, for such a big guy, um, we, we've seen it now in the last three weeks. I mean, he's really coming into his rhythm again about scoring and scoring uh, efficiently at over 50% of his field goals in the last three weeks. And then you got a guy like Soren. Honestly, you could step Soren out to the three-point line, the elbow area. It's very, very good shot maker, has beautiful shot, um, very long two different kinds of players depending on who we're going up with and what we need but basically they're getting they're splitting minutes uh so you can figure those kids are both playing 16 to 18 minutes a game mm -hmm. and they're both getting you know cam's giving me seven eight boards every night in that time uh and soren's giving us you know six seven eight boards in there at that time you know they'll, uh, they'll give me some blocks but cam taylor's also an excellent passer uh out of that post area i mean like he 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 has great peripheral vision and quickness and soren also having that ability to face up uh is great and then you mix in gay bodwell uh you've seen in hoquim just as an example where you know like hoquim and other teams have kids that can jump good vertical gabe can jump too and gabe's got great strength and hands I mean, Gabe is kind of a quiet kid, but make no mistake, Gabe is a warrior competitor inside, and he will do anything for his team, and nothing's going to shake him up. He's a pretty confident kid, and uh, yeah, I got three kids I can rotate in there. I mean, honestly, if Cam and Soren had foul trouble, uh, you know, Gabe could slide right in there. Nathan Dowler, who is starting to get a few more minutes now, is a tremendous offensive rebounder. He showed me that in the offseason. He's got great days ahead of him also. But uh, I can play any of those kids in a mix. And we have a – you guys haven't seen it yet, but we have a jumbo lineup, which includes uh, Gabe Soren, 
and Cam uh, on the floor <laughs> defensively and offensively. We've got a couple wrinkles for those guys, and at the right time, we'll pull that out. That's a lot of height on the floor at the same time. <laughs> well, really, really quick, what's the dog's name in the back seat there, Coach? That's Abby. That's my 15-year-old <laughs> golden retriever. Guys, I'm in uh, Seaside, so when you text me yesterday, I have not got to see very many of my son, Brandon, who's kind of a coach in the background yeah. for us. He does a lot of scouting, gives us a lot of info. Um, but my son, Maddox, uh, is in fifth grade, and they live in Olympia, and he plays on the Olympia team. They're in Seaside at the season-ending tournament, and this was a weekend. I came down yesterday afternoon. They played a four, got down there, watched them. They won both their games, and now they're going to play awesome. uh, here at uh, four, four, five, four, ten, or run a little bit behind. And uh, I get to watch them play two games tonight, hopefully for a championship also. But I really want to give a shout-out, guys. I have a great coaching staff. Mark Buckman, uh, same age as my son Brandon, coached for me at Aberdeen, as Brandon did, as Dominic did. Those three guys have been incredible. I have Shaden Farmer. I know his dad, Doug, really well. Excellent basketball guy. Shaden was an excellent athlete at Monty. Another kid named by Tyler Stott, who's the head of Young Life in Grays Harbor on my C-Squad. Helps us on varsity. And then my son-in-law, my next-door neighbor, Ryan Parson, a manager of Dennis Company in East County. That crew of coaches, uh, I, I, I have to take them out for a cold water when the season's over <laughs> because those dudes have been rocks. But more importantly, the positivity that those guys bring, but the competitiveness that they bring. But they always find great things to say to those kids during and after practice and want to give them a big shout-out. I love them. I love our team, guys. They they have put a lot of work in, and uh, we'll just see where this is going to take us. It's not going to be an easy road. You guys know this. I mean, you can't look by anybody. Uh, we got one game, it's Stevenson, and we'll be ready to play that game, I guarantee you. Now, hopefully all the stars will line up for us, and we'll get another opportunity. But this time of the year, you better be dialed in one game at a time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach. That's Montesano Coach Leonard Barnes joining us. And uh, we'll go ahead and let you go, Coach. Thank you so much for making the time for us. Yep, anytime. You guys are awesome. You guys are making it happen. We love you guys. You guys take care and thank you for everything you do. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks, Leonard. So that now that we've let uh, Monty Coach Leonard Barnes go, I'll just say. How do you not get excited talking to him? First of all. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and and my obviously, in case you haven't picked up on this, my son plays on that team. <laughs> what? Um, and I have another son coming up through that program who's a freshman, played on C-Squad. And the feeling that I got when I found out Leonard Barnes was going to take over our coaching staff, I was over the moon. And then when I found out the staff that he built, and he, you know he mentioned both of his sons, uh, Brandon Barnes and Dominic Barnes, on that coaching staff. Shaden Farmer as JV coach. Uh, Tyler Stott, another guy I, I love as the C-Squad coach, and then Ryan Parsons as kind of a I'll-do-anything-you-need-me-to, like I'll fill in any spot. He coached C-Squad a couple times when Tyler wasn't there, but he's in. He's everywhere. He's great and guy. the only yeah. downside for Ryan is he's a Duke fan. Besides that, he's a great guy. I did not know that about Ryan. It's the only downside. He seems like way too good of a guy to be a Duke fan. But I want to share <laughs> I want to share two quick stories okay. about Leonard Barnes, which, which is the reason why I say, unlike any coach I've ever had, in high school or seen in high school that I love that man. Like it goes beyond basketball. Yeah. Number one, when I was a core, I was a lowly correspondent at the daily world when uh, Leonard was coaching at Aberdeen. 
This was several, many years. Was that 10 years ago? Somewhere in that range? Rob probably knows. So <laughs> Leonard was coaching at Aberdeen. I got the assignment to go cover an Aberdeen was game. Was it that long ago? I'd never met him in my life. And after the game was over, I went to get my post-game interview with Coach Barnes. And I interviewed him. He, I went to shake his hand. He pulled me in for a <laughs> hug. He said, hey, here's my phone number. You call me if you need anything day or night. <laughs> I don't care what time it is. If you need something, you call me. Wow. And I was like, wow, this guy is not like any coach I've ever met. Yeah. And the other story I want to share, which, and I've shared that one on air before, yeah. on, on our show before. The other one is when Monty was playing Elma just this past time. So like a week and a half ago. In Elma, right? In Elma. Yeah. And that was a packed house. They were honoring a team from 60 years ago, which won the state title, which I thought was 80 years ago. And I did bad Monty math. <laughs> Terrible math. But beside the point, <laughs> that place was packed. It was playoff intensity. Mm-hmm. You could see it on everyone's face. Tensity, you know, it was the levels were high. Yeah. Pre-game, the guy who runs PA stood up to sing the national anthem for Elma, and I apologize for not knowing his name. He did an amazing job. So, yeah. He sang the so national good. anthem flawlessly, exactly how it was supposed to be sung. Leonard stopped everything, <laughs> walked away from his team, and usually said, that's excuse like- me, stepped past people to get up in the stands to shake that man's hand and say, thank you so much. That was amazing. And in that moment, and I was sitting right there and I'm like, I get a little choked up when I think about it because it's like, that is a, that's a representation of Leonard Barnes to me. It's mm-hmm. who he is. Yep. And it's the exact reason why he's the kind of person who I want teaching and leading and coaching my kids. Yeah. And he's, he is the example of what I think these people in our community. And we have so many High school coaches, youth coaches, great people. Mm-hmm. I've met so many great people in covering local sports. Yep. And he's like, to me, he's like the epitome of what these leaders are. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The impact that that man has had on my life just as a reporter, but before as a basketball player. Yeah. I mean... He can't. He saw one of my games, maybe. I know he saw at least one, and yet the amount of encouragement that he gave me after that one game was immense. That I remembered it, and then learning how to uh, coach afterwards. Uh, somebody said in the comments, "Eagles, Elma Eagles Athletics." Says the announcer is uh, Dan Sandstrom. Shout out Dan Sandstrom because in case it didn't yeah. come over NFHS to anyone who was there, yeah, that guy was phenomenal yes. on the national anthem and then did a great job on PA throughout yeah. the course of the game. He's great. He's great. I've had the chance to sit next to him a couple times doing yeah. games out there. He's awesome. Super nice guy as well. Very helpful um, for me as the radio announcer. But yeah, Leonard is Leonard's. I, he's one of a kind, man. He yeah. is one of a kind. Yeah. I think the the stories that you just said embody exactly who he is. Add in the fact that his hugs can hurt. Yeah. And painful. <laughs> your sons have conveyed that to you that, man, I think he gonna, hugs Peyton the hardest. It's just, I think he does too. Because he's like, this kid's strong. I need to hurt him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
all joking aside, because the other joke is that, you know, I've played basketball against him at the Y before. Oh, elbows, man. And everywhere. The the shot will go up, and all of a sudden I'll be standing outside of the key when I was just inside <laughs> of the key. My chest will hurt, and I'll have no idea how, and yeah. he'll be getting a rebound and going up for a bucket. All and not getting called for a foul. Well, because I somehow I didn't know what happened. How could I call him for a foul? Yeah, good point. But he's he's the uh, salt of the earth, man. That yeah. guy is the best, absolute best. Love him so much. And as you mentioned, he's the type of person that you want coaching your kids. Yeah. As much, and this is no shot to any other coach everywhere, but we love you all. Leonard's <laughs> the best, man. He's the best. And I say that with in my head as we were driving up here, I was doing some weird math because I'm a weird parent. I'm a sports parent, even though my kid's not in sports yet. But I was like, man. I mean, your kid's getting buckets. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing math when you didn't have to? I was like, do you think, in my head, I was like, do you think Nimi will still be coaching in 14 years? I hope so. I hope so too. I yeah. want, I would love for my son to play basketball for him. Yeah. And yet right now, Leonard if, Barnes if, is a number one. If your son ends up being the kind of player that you were, he would thrive in a Jeff Neme team. Yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, that Can was awesome. Can we take a break? Because I need a break for normal reasons. For, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we can take a break. Uh, a couple of different comments. Um, Francis, I did not get a chance to ask Coach why Golden Retrievers are so much better than any kind of boutique doodle dogs. But I did bring up the dog. That, that was the main reason for that. I saw Francis's comment. We all saw the dog in the background. We all knew that that needed to be mentioned. What did he say, Andrew, his 14-year-old golden retriever, Abby? Yep. Yeah. I mean. Very cool. That Just awesome. Um, yes, Rob, we agree with you as well. I'm not going to read that comment, but 100%. <laughs> yes, hey, I, everybody. We, he was having trouble hearing us. I, yeah. I'm reasonably certain that wasn't on our side there's nothing that i could do to make us louder well, i was trying to do a little bit of yeah. things, but he heard us well enough to answer oh, all the questions yeah. so yep. it worked out um also good luck to i think his grandson maddox who i believe is playing down there in seaside but yes we are going to take a break and be back for the local sports roundup we also have an athlete of the week to name as well as all of our other normal trappings of the scrimmage after this do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com really glad that wasn't the commercial that i had to be prepared for i uh i i took it easy on you i appreciate that <laughs> was it supposed to be i can't no, even remember no, okay no. that would have been funny andrew's, andrew's just pretending that he's you. nicer than yeah. he is yep for sure oh so you got stevenson coming up i don't know what it is every district tournament there's at least one montesano versus stevenson matchup in the first round Maroon Bulldogs on Maroon Bulldogs. Yes, it's Maroon and Baby Blue. Yeah. You've mentioned multiple times that if you guys ever move, it's going to be to Stevenson. I don't think I've ever been to Stevenson. Neither have I. It's probably yeah. horrible. Yeah. But the colors are actually kind of cool. I've been to White Salmon, and it's right by there, right? I think it. Yeah, I think it's near White Salmon. Yeah. 
I have a special place in my heart for Stevenson because that was the only playoff. No, I played in a couple. That was the first playoff basketball game I played in was against Stevenson. Did you win? At Bo Griffith Memorial Gymnasium. Oh, yeah. nice. And they had both sides opened up. Or, I mean, the not both sides because they only have one level on one side, right? Yeah. In Monty. But they had the upper section opened up. Oh, like where the I'm wrestling? On, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they had I those stands. Yeah. It's been a really long time since I've seen that opened up. Yeah, it's so cool. So the, the stands were packed, and I'll never forget it. So I think – I can't remember which side our bands were on. Never I think. forget, though. Well, hey, what I'm about to say. <laughs> so Stevenson's band was where Montesano's band usually is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then our band came as well. And so in the warm-ups, there was no music over the sound system. It That's was just awesome. band, 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 battle. band, band, band. And I it love was, band battles. Dude, it was awesome. Yeah. And both the bands were like all, you know, every song or some of the songs have like singing parts in them, mm-hmm. like Louie Louie or something like that. Mm-hmm. If one band was playing a song that had singing parts, the other band was singing it for them and back and forth. It was the coolest thing. I remember being so distracted in warmups. Yeah. Thankfully, I was a junior who didn't play much because I was completely distracted. <laughs> Unthankfully, I actually played in the first half of that game because our point guard got in foul trouble and my coach thought, hey, there's a kid who's played about two minutes all year. Why don't you be our first sub off the bench? And you chucked the ball out of bounds over someone's head. Almost. Okay. Thankfully, that that someone was our foreign exchange student Icelandic Olympic team player who jumped about 20 feet in the air, caught it took two dribbles and laid it up and I was like is it one or two dribbles for an assist (laughs) (laughs) it's relative right it's a relative I I would have given it to you yeah I threw the pass and I put my head in my hands because I was like I just threw that into the stands and then I looked up just in time to see him catch it tightrope the sideline cross the guy and lay it up and I was like that's an assist, right? Like, we good? We good? Yeah. yeah. Well, something good had to come out of Iceland. The bad guys from Mighty Ducks 2. Right. <laughs> we were actually, that movie came on at the Hotel at State that year. Yeah. And we were like, Emmy, Emmy, what are they saying? And he's like, it's so dumb. All they say is, who's the best? Iceland. He's like, that is literally like what they say the whole movie. And we're like, that's it? And he's like, yep. He was messing with you. There was like 75 curse words in what they said. <laughs> Probably. Well, let's, uh, we are, we, the order of the show is different and weird today, but we still have to get to my favorite part of the show. I forgot. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. Stump Daniel is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? And Daniel, since... Pepe? I, I think very likely Lamar Jackson is about to be named NFL MVP this upcoming week by yeah. the Associated Press. Is it choking to win the MVP and not get to the Super Bowl? I feel like everybody's saying he choked. So, actually, this is kind of the direction okay. that I'm headed with that. I don't like gotcha. that. I, it feels, I mean, he made it to the championship game. And I don't your know. team so, has to play well, too. Okay, but... Let's get to that in a minute. Okay, gotcha. So here, here's what I want to do, because I kind of know where Andrew's coming from on this, and I agree with him a lot. But Lamar Jackson is about to be named MVP very likely. Sorry, I just read Daniel's comment. What did he say? He said, quote, never forget, can't remember. I'm Daniel Hargrove. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that should be your new tagline. Yeah. Never forget, can't remember. I'm Daniel Hargrove. Hey, Andrew, clip that. We can use it. <laughs> I'm going to say it at the end of my first playoff game. I'll be 
hopefully in Montesano on Wednesday night. And at the end of it, I'll be like, never forget. Can't remember. I'm Daniel Hargrove. <laughs> K-O-X-R-O. Or K-W-O-K. I'm Daniel Hargrove. 1490 KWOK. Yes. Quack. So, Daniel, as Lamar Jackson is very likely about to win his second MVP award, while never having been to a Super Bowl, and also having some really low-performing games in the playoffs, which prevent his teams from getting to the Super Bowl, while also, as I hear Andrew already stirring in the corner, waiting to rebut me, he also has had teams like the first time around, and I get it. I think he was a second-year player at that time. Yeah, they had like eleven Pro Bowlers. Yeah. Like he's had teams around him that, if you trust what the media says, which is, hey, all these Pro Bowlers, all these All Pro guys, yeah, you should be able to get to the big game. He's about to win his second MVP, and he didn't. And he played poorly, and. The defense was good enough and held Patrick Mahomes to 17 points, but Lamar Jackson's offense could only manage 10. Yeah. What I wanted to do he was... He played poorly. Sorry, look Indiana back Jones. at recent NFL MVPs and figure out how many guys are there yeah. who are in a similar boat right. to Lamar Jackson. Who's joining him on the arc? So, Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> starting last year, 2022... I would like you to name NFL MVPs in reverse order. Oh, this is the worst. So who won the NFL MVP last year? What? And you get one strike, and then you're out. What? Wait, one strike? So as soon as I I fail to name the MVP from last year? Boom, you lose. I'm just done? Done. I don't get two strikes? Nope. I don't get to guess 2021 if if I missed last year? Okay. you automatically get three? Isn't that the point? Okay, you get three strikes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. Three strikes and you're out. Who was last year's NFL MVP? Last year's NFL MVP was Patrick Mahomes. That is correct, and also a good and most obvious guess. Congratulations. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. <laughs> I almost guessed. I am very Both sorry. Both of those were wrong. <laughs> there it is. There we go. <laughs> I'm just poking everything over here. That's what she said. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 2022. Daniel, 2021. Who was the NFL MVP? Uh, Oh, man. There's a time where I would have been really good at this. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. That is correct. A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron Rodgers. A-A-Ron was the MVP. Aaron Peyote Rodgers. The immunized Aaron Rodgers. Ayahuasca. 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 Aaron Ayahuasca. Haunted by Hatman. Daniel, who was the 2020 NFL MVP? Just gave me shivers. (laughs) Shiver me timbers. Uh, 2020. 2020. Thomas Brady? Ooh, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. The correct answer is Aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Two MVPs in man. a row. Thanks to Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca. and Hatman. The creepy, creepy hat. Shadow people. Uh. Demons, if you're keeping track at home. Daniel, yep. who was the 2019 NFL MVP? You have one strike with two correct. Oh. Uh, 2019. Yes, 2019. 2019. Why are we whispering? Okay. 
you know, if you Ooh, pick well, an MVP yeah. as the best player on the best team, which is what they seem to do a lot of, which right. we don't like. Yeah, but I see where you're going with this. That would make that would make it a better argument that that player should get to the Super Bowl. Right. That's a good call. Good call. <laughs> I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Daniel, that's incorrect. It's Dark actually Lamar Jackson. Oh! You said Jackson. So two strikes. <laughs> Dang it. 2018. Daniel, who was the NFL MVP in 2018? <laughs> so we went going backwards. You got likely this year's Lamar Jackson. Yep. Then Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Who was before that? I don't know what it is that prevents you from saying words like the way they're intended to be said. <laughs> but it happens a lot. A lot. Saving. See. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Patrick May Hames. Patrick. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes yes. is correct. Technically, I'm looking at it saying... I'm way better at this game than I thought I would be. You're pretty good at it, yeah. That's you know why? Turns out the same three people just get the MVP all the time. Okay, 2017 smart guy. <laughs> Who is the MVP in 2017? Uh, so going backwards, and technically if I don't count mispronouncing names on you, you only have one strike. Gotcha. Right. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Who was before that? Tomas Brady. Oh my god, you are good at this game. <laughs> Let's go! Tom Brady. <laughs> Still one strike and we're going on to 2016. Who's 2016? Uh, 2016. I'm, uh, it's between one of two people. Okay. It's either Captain America or Captain Ayahuasca. Because okay. I feel like, again, we're just into a different realm of the same Which three people. Which one's Captain America? Tom Brady. Okay. Does that make sense? Is that what he is? Did he ever have a nickname? Tom Terrific? Tom Terrific. The goat. The goat. I'm going to go with... Oh, because Aaron Rodgers could have been injured. I'm going to go with Aaron... Aaron Rodgers. You're way off. Darn it. It's Matt Ryan. What? 2016 MVP is Matt Ryan. That's two strikes. What is he doing in there? Matty Daniel. Ice? Matty Ice? Was 20. that the year that they choked in the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> 28 to 3. Oh, I'm noticing a trend here with what I think you're going to bring up. 2015. 2015. 2015. Oh! Cameron Neutron. That's correct. Kind of random that you remembered that, right? But I'm a little impressed. <laughs> Did not think you were going to get this far. <laughs> 2014, two strikes. You got one left. 2014 was when the Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl and lost to Le Patriots. <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, is it Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> well, you already heard me telling you it's Did not you Tom Brady. Did you say no? Okay, yeah. I'll say Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> it's Sorry. not Tom Brady. Was it Aaron Rodgers? It is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Strike three. <laughs> and the year before that, Peyton Manning? 
Yes. And the year before that? Uh, the year before that, Tom Brady? Fail, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Rando running back. So but anyway, that was the year where he had like almost, I think 2,000 yards that year, some, right? Yeah, 2,000 plus. So that will conclude this edition of Stump Daniel. And wow. I, I guess the point that I'm kind of driving at here is it's always the same few players who the NFL selects to go to the Super Bowl. And, and they hate Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I was going to go the other way. What? And say like, Lamar Jackson's not that good. Like, how can a guy be the MVP twice, but yet he's the reason why his team doesn't make the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, what about that 2014, for example? You said that was Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. How many Super Bowls? He, Aaron Rodgers scored, have? what, 16 points in that NFC Championship game Is against that the Seahawks? The one that he gave up on in. Oh, no, it wasn't no. the one against the Seahawks. That was a few years Remember later. that the one where he lost with J- Jermaine Curse <laughs> went in the walk-off. That's hard. They, to- the Seahawks threw four interceptions in that game. <laughs> I'm gonna make- and Aaron Rodgers couldn't put up enough points to beat that Did game. You say Rodgers? Rodgers. <laughs> A.A. Ron. I'm going to make two points, and I don't have great conviction over either of them. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Number one, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did win a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. And number two. Yeah. For many of this, the, these times that he was there, yeah, he did not have seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven Pro Bowlers like Lamar Jackson has had on his team. The number one defense, like the Ravens had this year during the regular season, and it, like, I get what you're saying, yeah, but often you wouldn't look at Aaron Rodgers. Often, not always, because I did blame him that one year, yeah, but. Often you wouldn't look at him and be like, you're the reason why your team lost that game. You're the problem. Where in this past game, and I feel like I already feel Andrew arguing with me on this. It felt like (laughs) he's the reason why they lost that game. He turned the ball over twice. Okay. I get there was a big time drop pass, but the offense scored 10 points. And they held his defense held Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to 17 and they lost. I mean... I'm going to give two arguments. Okay. One for you your side. Do you feel great conviction over them? Neither. Okay. Neither. <laughs> One argu- We should argu- keep arguing things we don't care about. The first argument <laughs> is pro your thought. Okay. Even Russell Wilson, who threw four interceptions in a game, still ended up coming back to win that game. Yes. But he didn't get MVP. Of course not. Well, it was a... That was an NFC championship game. I know, but no, he's talking about the season. <laughs> oh. Because Russell Wilson, I'm not sure if you noticed that, Justin, but all of those years, Russell Wilson wasn't in, in that conversation. So ridiculous. Yeah. Only Mahomes. Only Mahomes. Al Michaels, you tool. Yeah. Only Mahomes <laughs> could have done this, Fran Tarkenton in the 60s. And also, we watched Russell Wilson do it the week before. Yes. Anyway, continue your point. Um, in On the other side of like the argument, hands. though. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side of the <laughs> argument, though, I watched part of that game, and not once did I go, oh, Lamar Jackson's sucking here. I, I, But I will say, I didn't watch much of it. But the drive and a half that I watched of Lamar Jackson, it reminded me of Russell Wilson saying, hike, getting the ball and going, ah! and then getting sacked. Hmm. That's what it felt like. Hmm. So... I have a hard time blaming the guy who's catching the ball and then being trusted to deal with literally no pass protection. Okay. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? I blame him. Andrew, your thoughts? Counterpoint. Pass protection is for losers. Losers. Counterpoint. (laughs) 
counter, that's counterpoint. dumb. Counter counterpoint. Uh, yeah, no, I I tend to agree with you there. I didn't watch much of that game at all, though. I'm not sure if I watched anything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I is, also didn't watch very much of it. <laughs> so we're all just speaking on something that we didn't really we're, pay that much attention to. We're basically, pulling arguments out of our butt. Which I we listen, don't have much conviction conviction to. I listened to a lot of national talking heads, though, and, and they I all said it's Lamar's fault. Smashed all their opinions into one amorphous blob of opinion and spouted it off as my own. Josh Allen, same problem, loser. Except for he doesn't get MVP votes. Turns the ball over like a maniac. Maniac. <laughs> Loser. Sean McDermott <laughs> should be fired. Whoa. They got rid of Ken Dorsey because the offense was the problem? Not the problem. Not the problem. Get rid of McDermott. Don't tell Paul Gallant that, though. He loves McDermott. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard Paul Gallant's name in a while. Ever since he went fully back to the Astros. I listen to his show every once in every a while. Every now and then, I was like trying to tune into what Paul's yeah. saying because I kind of liked him, but he went full Astros moron there for a while, and I was like, dude, I can't handle it. Did you see that? Like, when you he... literally just went full Astros. Did you you see never that? go full Astros. <laughs> you never go full Astros. <laughs> Did you see, though, when he wore the half Astros, half Mariners jersey to a game? No. Yeah, he did. Didn't he do that up here in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think get so. Yelled at? He was hanging out with the the media people that he's still, still liked. had a relationship with. <laughs> anyway, nobody that's listening to us cares about Paul Gallant, so we should move on. Hey, uh, Daniel, did you know oh. that quarter Seahawks quarterback Sean Mannion just retired? This happened yesterday. Wow. To this, Seahawks uh, quarterback SI. Sean Mannion? That's the, S that's <laughs> that's the Sports the Illustrated uh, headline here. That is the team that he most recently was signed with, I yeah. think. Uh, I did not what, know about he, that. What, what level of roster was he on? He was a uh, practice, practice squad, squad quarterback. Okay. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks practice squad quarterback is hanging up the cleats and moving on to the next phase of his football career. Which is? According to Brady Henderson, who broke the news, the journeyman quarterback will join the Green Bay Packers coaching staff. His title isn't known yet, but he'll work with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Coach. I really wish that that headline ended with he was joining the Seahawks coaching staff. He's or the Beavers coach. Oh, Oh, I just had a revelation. Why would he jump onto that sinking ship? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. He's our next dude. He's the next guy I want to be the Beavers head coach. Like, I know we already have a coach right now, but if he works his way around the NFL and then it's like, you know, what? I want to go coach the alma mater and then not move to Michigan. Um, I'd be all about that. <laughs> Sean Mannion's the type of guy who I would be really excited to coach a team that I really liked. That's the type of player he's always been. And I'm excited that he's going to move on to coaching because for some reason, NFL teams stopped giving him chances to throw the football, which was weird. But Well, anyway. he did complete his career uh, with a 60.9% completion rating. Not great. For 571 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions in 14 games. That's a lot of games for only one touchdown. I love yeah. Sean Mannion. I wish he would have gotten a real shot, and I feel really bad for calling the Beavers a sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we go to the local sports roundup? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Montezano's basketball team extended its win streak to six games this week with a pair of wins, including a win, that's a lot of wins, at Hoquiam on <laughs> Friday, which gave the Bulldogs the two seed in the upcoming district tournament. Monty beat North Beach on Tuesday 63-25. Tice Peterson led the Bulldogs with 12 points. 
12 points. Tice Peterson led the Bulldogs with 12 points, or as I typed it in here, Petterson led the Bulldogs with 12 points, while Gabe Bodwell and Camden Taylor chipped in 11 apiece. Carter Kreitz hit three three-pointers, I taught him that, on his <laughs> senior night while also recording four rebounds, two assists, and two steals. I loved seeing Carter and how well he played in extended minutes on senior night. Montesano capped its week with a dominant 61-28 win at Hoquiam on Friday. Peterson, Athlete of the Week, led all scorers with 23 points. Delon Chan added 14 points, three rebounds, and three assists for the Bulldogs, while Peyton Domashevitz chipped in 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Xander Jump led Hoquiam with 15 points and 13 rebounds. That's a double-double if you're <laughs> keeping track at home. As the league's two-seed, Montesano will host the Trico three-seed Stevenson on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Hoquiam will be the four-seed and will travel to Seton Catholic. Real quick, uh, Lincoln's point total wasn't in there. For the I, w- I know, I'm curious. Seven points. Seven points. Yeah. Regardless of the teams, a defensive stopper scoring more than the person they're covering is the highest accomplishment that what, you can have. When Peyton Domashevitz, no relation, left the game in the third quarter, Lincoln Mimi had four points and Peyton had ten. Ah, that makes a defensive player smile. It's also a freshman versus a senior, so just a little I, perspective it, there. It, it. <laughs> Bask in the glory. Seems er- like the best time to attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good points made by all. Earlier in the week, Coquim topped... Eatonville, 80 to 63. Again with the words and not pronouncing them the way they are. <laughs> Xander Jump dropped 30 points. Whoa! a boy, Xander. Yeah. For the Grizzlies while grabbing 13 boards. Wow. Speaking athlete, of athlete of the athlete week. Athlete of the week. But they lost the game that mattered. Oh, wait. They didn't lose this game. Oh, you said they lost the game that mattered. Yeah. But they won this game. Yeah. Okay. Chancellor Bounty scored 17 points. Attaboy, Chance. Yeah. And Chris Bryson added 10.16 rebound double dub. I didn't say that. Double double. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Elma's boys basketball team lost on Wednesday 55 to 43 at Tonino. Carter Studer led the Eagles with 14 points and six rebounds. Elma rebounded with a 70-52 win over Eatonville at home on Friday. Kaysen Seberg celebrated his senior night by scoring 28 points for the Eagles on an efficient 12-for-19 shooting. Dang. That's really impressive in a high school game. Yep. A.J. Holmes added 13 points and 6 rebounds while Studer snagged a team-high 7 boards. Elma will be the Evergreen League's third seed in the district tournament and will play a road game on Wednesday. That's good shooting percentage for any level of basketball. Agreed. Raymond's boys basketball team won 75-45 at South Bend on Monday. Austin Snodgrass and Talon Yearout led the Seagulls with 15 points apiece, while Chris Quintana chipped in 14 and Chris Banker added 12. Yearout also pulled down 10 rebounds in the game to record a double Double. A double dub? Double dub. Willapa Valley picked up a boys' basketball win <laughs> on Monday, 77 to 38 at Firm Foundation. That's my thing. Nathan Fluke scored 26 <laughs> points and grabbed 10 rebounds for the Vikings. Blaine King added 19 points, while Hank Swartz had a double double with 13 points and 10 steals. A lot he of used, double dubs out there this he, week. He used the Swartz. Valley, oh, God. Valley was back <laughs> in action at home on Tuesday and beat Washington School for the Deaf. 64 to 26. King led all scorers with 25 points. 
Brody Ritzman added four points, 11 rebounds, four assists, and three steals. Wow. King Stat might, sheet stuffer. King might be up there for Athlete of the Week. Ocosta beat North Beach on Wednesday, 51-49 to in an overtime district play-in game. Jesus Agramon led the Wildcats with 14 points, while Taryn Lewis added 8 points and a team-high 11 boards. Tyrell Hovland led the Hayaks with 15 points. I had a chance to see Tyrell Hovland this week up close. He is very tall yeah. and, a, and a really good player inside. Nice. Aberdeen's boys basketball team ended on Thursday, or Aberdeen's boys basketball season ended on Thursday with a 73-57 loss at WF West. The Bobcats led 26-22 after one quarter but managed just 31 points the rest of the game. Baylor Buckets Ainsworth capped his senior season with another impressive offensive performance, scoring, scoring 27 points for Aberdeen. Jacob Cusada added 12 points for the Bobcats, who finished their league season with a 5-7 record, just one spot out of the playoffs in a really tough David. 2A Evergreen League. Really, really tough. They were a, a quality team this year. Yeah. A bummer that they missed the playoffs by one. Been there. That yeah. sucks. Montesano's girls basketball team fell to Adna on Monday, 66-50. There's a recognizable name on that Adna squad. Jilly Dalen had 19 points and 9 boards, while Teander Olsen... Is it Teander or Tyander? Teander. Okay, Teander Olsen recorded 13 points, 7 boards, and 6 assists. The Bulldogs bounced back with a 57-13 win over Hoquiam on Thursday to complete the undefeated 1A Evergreen League season. Lex Stanfield led Monty with 17 points. I bet there's some steals. Only three? Yeah, she averages almost six on yeah. the season. Dalen added 16 points, 11 rebounds, and also three steals. She took some of Olsen, or Stanfield's. That's what it was, yeah. While Olsen chipped in 15 <laughs> points, seven assists, and three steals. Also stealing steals from yeah. Lex, yeah. Yeah. Monty <laughs> will be the league's top seed in the upcoming district tournament and will host the Trico League number four on Thursday probably going to be Stevenson because it usually is. Oakwim uh, <laughs> is the four seed and will play on the road on Thursday against the Trico champ. Elma's girls basketball team beat Tenino on Tuesday 58-25. to Mia Monroe led the way for the Eagles with 17 points and Eliza Sibbett added 10 points. Elma lost to Eatonville 54-44 to on Friday. Olivia Moore led the Eagles with 13 points and Aaliyah Weld added 12. Elma will be the Evergreen League's third seed and will play a road game against the Trico number two on Thursday. Aberdeen's girls basketball team earned a Myrtle Street rivalry win at home on Monday, 55-25 over Hoquiam. Annie Tro did Annie Tro things and led the Bobcats <laughs> with 19 points and three steals, while Zoe Tro did Zoe Tro things and led the team <laughs> with 11 boards and eight steals. That's a lot. That's a bunch. Jalen Pimasone and Sophia Knutson added eight points apiece for Aberdeen. Sydney Gordon recorded 10 points and 10 boards for the Grizzlies. Double dub. Aberdeen locked up a playoff spot on Wednesday with a 47-39 win at Shelton. And in that tense game, complete with multiple technicals, bench warnings, and an ejection for punching. More on that later. Zoe Tro scored a team-high 15. Oh, wait, Zoe? Yeah. Is that right? You yes. didn't just mix up the names? Nope, this that time? one's okay. right. Zoe scored I a team I did that before, but not this time. <laughs> Zoe scored a, a team-high 15 points. <laughs> secured nine boards and swiped seven steals. That's a nice. lot. While Annie Tro recorded a near triple-double with nine points, 
10 rebounds and 10 steals. That's a lot. What's going on? That's a double-double. <laughs> Jalen Bimison added 10 points for the Bobcats. Aberdeen will be the 2A Evergreen League's 4 seed and will face Greater St. Helens League's 5 seed in a district pigtail game on Thursday. Almost a triple dub. Wow, with steals involved for Annie Tro. The Tros, That's man. crazy. Tros Led by another impressive performance. They're Tro good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Woo. That was Tro bad. Led by another impressive performance from Anna Davis, Acosta picked up a road win over Willapaw Valley on Monday, 52-47. Davis recorded yet another double-double with 17 points, 14 rebounds, and three steals. Bristol Toll, who is real, added 17 <laughs> points, three assists, and three steals for the Wildcats. Lauren Matlock led the Vikings with 16 points in the losing effort. Acosta won again on Thursday, 41-35 at Northwest Christian. Davis once again led with 17 points and 15 boards, another double-dub. Alexia Bradley added 11 points and 13 rebounds for the Wildcats. Theme of this local sports roundup, double-dubs. Double <laughs> the Aberdeen boys It was died. lamer that we said it together. I know. Yeah. I thought it would be better, and it wasn't. It was It was way worse. The Aberdeen's boy. It was tro-worse. Uh, the Aberdeen boys' dying <laughs> postseason started on Saturday. You need to throw that one away. <laughs> Aberdeen boys diving postseason started hey. on Saturday in Auburn. Sophomore Zeke Olsen <laughs> won the district for two-way title. I think Rob was trying to mess us up with the Roman numerals there. That almost got me. Uh, two- <laughs> the, I almost said the district IV two-way title. <laughs> with an 11 dive total of 203.1 points. He was competing with the District 3 3A Divers at Auburn High School. Head coach Rob Burns said Zeke had a great day today, earning a district title and a state meet berth while competing against some really, whoa, say it, really damn good 3A Divers from District 3 on Friday. PG-13 rating. And Saturday, Aberdeen will begin the swimming portion of the District 4 2A Championships at Mark Morris High School. Daniel, let us know what you think about the diving there as someone who did it. Let us know in the comments how tough that is to get to state. Pretty cool Ooh. that as a sophomore, Zeke Olson, and now I, from what we understand from Rob, there had to be some finagling to make it so he could compete because there wasn't enough 2A divers. So he competed with the upper classifications, made worked around to make things work so he could compete with them so he could and- qualify. So we, oh, okay, I see how it is. Yeah. Nice. But That's great awesome. job to Zeke Olsen as a sophomore doing something that not only did you do with exceptional skill, but I would be afraid to do at all, yeah. which is try to do fancy dives into a pool off of a platform or a diving board. Absolutely. Good job by you, Zeke. Um, okay, so there's some comments that I don't need to read over there. Just check in. Andrew's been moderating the comments. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, goals update. Did you get one? You know, I don't think I got one this week. I did get one from Eddie. Uh, did I get one? I got one from Eddie, but he was telling me about things that were going to happen. And then I don't think we got an update on what actually did happen. Okay, yeah. He gave me he gave either. me a rundown of what games were coming up, but he okay. I didn't I don't think I ended up getting anything about what games actually happened. Okay. So for one week, I think we're gonna skip the goals up. Okay. Because we don't have much of anything. I'm fine with it. 
we've also already had a decently long show yeah. and we got a lot more to get to yeah so let's talk about this Monty at Hoquiam boys basketball game and uh, we already talked to Leonard Barnes do we have to <laughs> I think because of the significance of what it meant I think we should talk about it a little bit we, we did I'm just going to keep making weird noises till you stop. We did. <laughs> we did already talk with Leonard Barnes a lot about Monty's boys basketball team. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that after going one and three through the league in the first half of league play, they now have won four league games in a row. They beat everyone the second time through, including Tenino, the league champs. Take the that, ol- Tenino. Take, it, take that, Tenino. Only the, Tenino. S- on- the only loss Tenino suffered in league this season was to Montesano. And I think it's significant because, you know, for me it's significant because it means that the first game of district play will be a home game and I don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to drive to, let's see, where would it have been? It would have been... Because you would have been the three seed. Yeah. So you would have had to drive to La Center. Yeah. And I already did that once this year. So I don't want to do it again. Wait, have you guys played La Center already? We played at La Center first, the second or third game of the year. And you won. Won. By like 12 points. Okay. So I have the feeling, transitive law. Yeah. And I'm, again, just trying to prolong you talking about the actual game. Yeah. Uh, It is a little difficult to tell. I have the feeling that. Monty's going to beat Stevenson. Yeah. Elma's going to beat LaCenter. Tenino's going to beat Kingsway. Hoquiam will fall against Seton Catholic, but then beat Stevenson. So. What do you think about that? I agree with you that that is very possible. Okay. It's a little hard to get a feel for the Trico League because in some of the crossover matchups, like Castle Rock, Monty played twice and beat them. They're not very good, but they ended up near bottom of the league. Right. Didn't make the playoffs. Okay. LaCenter. Monty beat by, I think, 10 or 12, but that game was much closer than that, and it kind of got away from him at the end. And also, we were told, and I have no idea how true it is, that LeCenter was missing a player that day. Dude, I don't know if you know <clears throat> this about LeCenter. Do they say that a lot? They say crap like that all the time. So, so <laughs> like, while I feel... Every time Monty beats yeah. them in football, they're like, well, we didn't have everybody. We've been talking all, all <laughs> season about how strong this evergreen 1a league is and i don't know if we have one team that's going to go like compete for a state title i don't know if we have like zilla's really good linden christian's really good i don't know if we have a you team just meant, i mean zilla i don't have too much animosity against them but linden christian like <laughs> i barely got that word out of my mouth yeah they're gross it's but they're really good and, uh, and zilla shocking. has like three kids who are being recruited to college so really yeah and wow. they're undefeated So there's some really good teams at the top of 1A, so I don't know if we have, like, a team that's going to go compete for the state title. Which, But I feel like we have three teams who could go compete for a state trophy. Yeah, there you go. And that's what I've kind of been driving at. I think this league is so good, and it's been so competitive. So not only are the teams good, but they've been playing against each other. Yes. Which iron sharpens iron, as the Bible says. It does. So playing against each other helps them be ready for high-level competition. So I think it was <clears throat> significant for Monty to be able to go through the league in the second half of the season after having a portion of the league schedule where they really struggled and lost, like choked a couple of close games where they had the lead late and go undefeated through the second half of league play and then jump over the top of Elma, which is Elma's a really good team. 
So to jump over the top of Elma to get the two seed in a home game at the beginning of the of the district tournament. It's huge. So if you missed the Monty Hoquiam game on Friday. I don't want to talk about it. It started a blowout. It was a blowout in the middle. It was a blowout at the end. You could have just said it was a blowout. You didn't have to emphasize it three times. Tice Peterson, <laughs> who, as I've shared many times, I have a special affinity for Tice Peterson, not only as a player, but as a person. Um, I think he exemplifies what leadership is. I think he exemplifies what unselfishness is. His shots were all falling and he was hot. You know, playing the team game, he scored 23 points and actually sat pretty good portion of the end of the game because the score wasn't close. Um Tice Peterson is coming on, as Coach Barnes said, he's coming on at the right time of the season for Monty because you know you have DeLon Chan, who over a stretch of like 10 or 12 games averaged over 20 points a game. And if Tice is going to step up and score big as well, I think that's a big deal. And also knowing that your team defensively through league play held these other really good teams to an average of 51 points a game, it's pretty. you got to feel pretty good about your chances going forward. Absolutely. Uh, talking to Leonard Barnes, so much of what I mentioned in that interview with the depth and the athleticism, it also helps so much when you have multiple players who you're comfortable with handling the ball securely Yeah. when you get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Tice, DeLon, I would say your son Peyton is a very – secure handler of the ball when it's in his hands passing but not too much dribbling more than like three or four dribbles but he's strong with he's it. gonna make a and good he's decision. not from what i know of peyton he knows himself well too yeah. like he's not gonna grab the ball and try and like dribble the length of the court through traffic most of the time no right jackson wilson handles the ball very well Ex- excellent yeah uh Tarek, Tarek so, Tarek also, also handles the ball very well yeah. Those are strengths. Uh, Coach mentioned defense and rebounding. Yeah. Huge. The next one, handling the ball under pressure. Mm -hmm. Because when you get into districts, the intensity levels up, and the officials struggle to match that intensity oftentimes. So what you see is very intense defense with a ton of slaps and a ton of attacks at the ball and a ton of times where turnovers are likely to happen and yet, if you have someone who is calm, cool, collected, and strong with the ball, and good at ball handling, they do an okay job. Yeah. Do you think that's accurate? Because yes. I've seen so many teams come into the yeah. playoffs, and they're like, really good. And then all of a sudden, the defense just kind of flusters them, and all of a sudden, and 10 s- turnovers later. Since we've done big throwbacks, not every team has an Evan Newton who can dribble <laughs> through double teams and split them like crazy. You know what's funny? is <laughs> I was just telling... Evan Newton, former Hoquiam Grizzly, for people who don't know. Yes, I was just telling my wife about Evan Newton He's the other so night. Because oh she... My wife's really good at deducing what things mean from yeah. the word or the description, like what it is, mm-hmm. in the um, in the situation, okay. in the context. Okay. So I was, we were at a rec basketball game, and I was like, "Oh, that team's pressing, and that guy did exactly the opposite of what you want to do in a press." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Okay, so here's what I think about a press is." And so she was mostly right. So I went and defined it a little bit, and I talked to what you normally want to do. And then I was like, but there was this one kid, Evan Newton, yeah, who would literally just dribble circles around everybody 
and threw a quadruple team and then pass it to a kid and they would get an easy lay-in every time. And we yeah. called him the human press breaker and yeah. you didn't have to do. He was really amazing. He was, he was so good. Anyway, but we've seen that a lot of times in playoffs. Yeah. Where if you don't have someone who can handle the ball securely and smartly, it can lead to a lot of turnovers mm-hmm. and a lot of momentum for the other team. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Monty's just got so much depth and all of those things that we've heard is important in the playoffs. Defense, rebounding, ball handling. Yeah. I think their team poised to make a nice run into what I think should be a, or could be a state tournament run. And I think Elma, defense rebounding, have some pretty good ball handlers. And good depth. And good depth. Yeah. Tenino. I don't know anything about Tenino's depth, but I know that Gonya and Scow is it Scow? Yeah. At the top. He's going to be the league MVP. They're really good. Yeah. They've proven that they can play against top-level comp- competition against yeah. Monty and Elma, so I trust that they are also up there. Yeah. So And it, they were the best defensive team in the league this year. So it would not surprise me one bit if Tenino, Monty, and Elma all went on to state. The tough thing is, though, I've heard Seton Catholic's pretty darn good. Yeah. So that's the one team that could yeah. – throw some wrenches into that yeah. from down south. I, I don't want to like completely disregard LaCenter. I did think that when they played Monty, they were competitive. Anytime I can, I'm going to. And <laughs> in, in a one-game sample size unless in basketball. Unless there's a Witten on the team. <laughs> caddy. And as, we're, as we're going with our – yeah, we called her Caddy at yeah. first because there was a typo. Yeah. It turned out her name was just Katie. Yeah, which is a name. Yeah. Caddy is not a name. Nope. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't want to completely disregard center. And actually, from looking at the game results, Stevenson's not bad. Like, they're right. they're definitely not a bad team. So, I don't want to make it seem like the Trico League is just trash. But I, I do want to convey how good I think the Evergreen League is this year. And yeah. I don't think that's normal. Like, I think we've had a lot of years where we think the Evergreen League's kind of weak. Yeah. And there's maybe one or two teams at the top that are pretty good. Yeah. This is a good league. Yeah. So in general, I'm biased yeah. toward the Evergreen League. The last few years, I haven't been. Yeah, but this year I'm back on it and I'm all on it. I mean, if you want proof of my <clears throat> non-bias on the girls' side, the Evergreen League's pretty weak. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I'll let that cough linger in there because it's <laughs> something the, about like my body didn't want to spit it out. Yeah, so, like my throat got choked up. Whereas on that side. I think Monty's probably the only team that has a shot. Yeah. At, at well, undefeated in league play and not particularly close. Not close at all. And yet, <laughs> to Monty girls basketball standards. My kind, body really did not like me saying that. Yeah, seriously. It's rejecting every bit of that. Yeah. But they're going to have to fight. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to fight to get into state. Yeah. Well, and like particularly on the girls' side, and we haven't talked about this a lot, but I had this conversation with my son earlier. I know I've been spoiled because Monty has had some really good girls teams. So good. Gosh, the last decade. And almost since Jordan Spradlin, right? Like, yeah. did they have a lull in between Jordan Spradlin and nope. that next? Nope. nope. Yeah. So it went straight from Megan Choate to Jordan Spradlin to McKinley Dalen and all their teams were good in between. Yeah. <clears throat> but for the most part, those teams weren't going winning state trophies. Who is the, oh, this is going to drive me crazy. Bobby Fry. Bobby Fry. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. Bobby the Fry name I was, was trying really to go. good, but those teams yeah. weren't particularly good in yeah. the postseason. But Bobby was a really good athlete. Yeah. So there's been a lot of really good girls teams, 
And even those teams, which were some of the best girls teams I've ever seen, weren't going and winning state trophies. Thanks a lot, WIAA and regional round. Regional round. But, like, (laughs) something would happen that would prevent them from, like, going and achieving at the highest level. And this Monty team is really talented, but they're super young. Like, the three best players on this team, Lex Stanfield, Jilly Dalen, sophomores. Right. Teander Olsen, freshmen. Yep. So... They're going to be really good for the next couple of years, but like this year, what's going to happen when they go to state and regionals? I don't know. Especially since Jilly's really the only one ex- with experience. Yeah. Yeah. Although Stanfield's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, especially on the defensive side, but also that girl can shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, she went four for four from the three point line in a game nice. last week. That's awesome. Yeah. That, which is good to see because I watched them play again. The only game I've seen them play this year is Napa Vine. Yeah. And Napa Vine's good. That one didn't good. go well, but Napa Vine is a steamroller. It's a really good program. Yeah. Program? Yeah. That is a program. It is a program. Yeah. Is Monty Girls a program? Depending different on how coaches, they... Different coaches. So can you be a program if you switch coaches? Uh, wait. Because Julie Graves was the coach but through a lot of it. Yeah, then... but Mansfield's had his own success. Yeah. No, so, they both have, but I'm saying like... Do you I would reach... say the program has survived the coaching transition. Okay. That's so it was it. a program under and Julie Graves and, and Mark Mansfield continued the program. I think so. Which is better than a program it's, it's, for those who are keeping track yep, at home. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> really quick, I asked Daniel about diving and I don't want to lose this. He okay. said, because diving is so hit and miss between schools, it's tough. Each pool and diving board is different as well as each set of judges. Hmm. Just like basketball courts. Everyone's yeah. a little different. That's a good point. Yeah. And a little bit less different. <laughs> so much. A little so bit less different. less different. It's more the lighting. The lighting's the only real change. Well, and the backdrop. Elma you know, is depth super. perception. Yes. Yeah. Those things play such a huge factor. Yeah. Actually, anyway, I, I said it as a joke, but now I changed my mind. They're yeah. really different. Uh, <laughs> state, He said, state is wild, such a huge venue. Standing in a Speedo, having to perform a dive with all eyes on you is an extremely great development experience for kids. You know what, little Daniel? You're not going to convince me that you didn't love everyone staring <laughs> at you in a Speedo. So... He says it forces individual performance under pressure along with direct judgment of how they did. I also believe the experience I had diving directly helped further my career. Also, little Daniel, admit to me that you loved people staring at you at a speedo. (laughs) Go ahead. In the comments, admit it. So anyway, I didn't want to, since I specifically asked him a question. Yeah. But yeah, I think this Monty team, they'll either grow up fast or wait till next year. Yeah. Because... I think they have talent, but as you mentioned, it's young talent. Yeah. So is this the growing year or are they going to exceed expectations and get a regional round game? Yeah. And also like, I don't want to, so I just did a thing and then my body rejected it where I said that the evergreen one, a girls league was, was down this year. Yeah, they are. And I'm sorry, but like, it's true, but that's not me saying that like all the players are bad. No, there are teams that are in development. Eatonville's pretty good. Eatonville has a junior. Don't bring up Eatonville. Just listen. I'm going to get to a, I'm going to get to a local team. Eatonville (laughs) has a junior who's about to eclipse a a thousand points and then will be, and is also a defensive player. That's good. And will become a senior who's already a thousand point scorer next year. Dang. And Elma has like, I don't know that they have a player who stands out, but if you go look at the Elma results, 
in all their different games, there's a different top two leading scorers every time. Like it's Eliza Sibbett, it's Kiki Bowl, it's Olivia Moore, it's Emmy Spencer. Like every time you're going to have a different person who scored in the top two. So like there's depth there and there's something to work with. It's just that I've seen some really good teams in this Evergreen 1A Girls League. Yeah. And I think as good as I think Monty has been able to compete this year, I as young as they are, I don't think they're as good as they have been in previous iterations. Right. And remember, in there was that run of Elma squads, too. So they had great teams. <laughs> they won the, the league titles uh, several years in a row yeah. before Jordan Spradlin came around. Yeah. And in between. Yeah. As well, with Jalen Sackrider right. and Johnson and... Uh, Boy, if you go back far enough, Brooke Goldsmith. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That girl was, it was amazing. It was the senior class of Sackrider, Johnson, the coach's daughter, yeah. who dealt with injuries. Yes. And then... I know who uh, you're talking Rambo. about. Rambo. Yeah, Kaylee Ram- Rambo. Kaylee Rambo. She was awesome. And yeah. then there's another player in there that I'm just blanking on right now who was also a stud. Anyway, that senior class... I can picture that girl's face in my head. Yeah. But, but I can't think of her name. So. Oh, uh, Peyton. Peyton something. Anyway, that class. Jalen's. We know Jalen a little bit now afterwards. Yeah. Um, but her class was awesome. Yeah. So we were a little bit more used to. And Hoquiam had some pretty good teams yeah. in there. But they were going up against those two teams. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's a little bit of recency of like what we're used to yes to what we're seeing this that's year. exactly yeah it, is it's not like when i say the evergreen 1a girls league is down yeah it's not me saying this league's terrible it's me saying like Compa- we've seen some really good teams <laughs> yeah and so there are programs building now absolutely yeah back to the boys because it seems like they're up yeah. from recent experience yes there's been a lot of I don't know Tonight, why I feel more comfortable saying this with the boys than I do with the girls, but there's been some really bad Evergreen 1A boys leagues yeah. over the last several years. Right. And this one is the best that I recall in quite a while. Right. So we got Tenino yeah. at the top. Yeah. Clear Led MVP. by Noah Scow and Austin Ganya. And you will not catch me saying this about Tenino people very often. <laughs> Those kids are good. And at the beginning of the season, when I said Elmo was the best team in the league, I underestimated the supporting cast around them because they have a post named Burkhart who gobbles up rebounds and scores inside. And they have another kid named Will Feltis who plays outside really well. And he's their point guard. And that Tenino team is better than I even anticipated. And then you have Elma, who we anticipated was going to be good. Yeah. A ton of experience. Yes. And Monty, they were playing was, with Carter, uh, uh, just as a side note, Traden Carter played, we, we learned from Matt Ferrier, their coach, when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, right. that Traden Carter, who may be their best player, definitely one of their two best players, was playing through injury for a lot of the season and mm-hmm. is just kind of finally starting to get healthy. Right. And then Monty. Eight seniors. Eight seniors. A ton of experience. Greatest coach you could ever want. Exchange student as a junior who came in, Delon Chan. Right. Nobody saw it coming. I keep having people tell me, like, how did you go find this guy, Montesano? And I was like, when this guy came here, nobody knew nobody, anything. Like, Coach Barnes just told us he didn't know who he was till November. He'd never played anything besides three-on-three right. playground ball. This was not This was not Hoquiam finding Emmy Johansson, yeah. who literally was on the Icelandic Junior Olympic basketball team. And this yeah. was not that. Yeah. This was 
oh, we've got this exchange student. And then in PE, they're like, some of the kids were like, holy, this guy's pretty good. And for a little bit of forced perspective here, let's say things go a little different. And the two close games where Monty lost to Elma and lost to Hoquiam in the first time through league play, let's say they won those. And they tied Tanino for the league champion. In different timeline, okay. I'm in in an alternate <laughs> timeline, right? Where Monty shares the league title, Delon Chan is in the running for league MVP. I I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just want to. It's just an emphasis on how good this kid has been and right. how important he's been to the team. So we know those three teams. We feel very confident with those three teams. Yeah. How do you feel about Hoke Williams' chances in this district tournament? Especially knowing they're going up yeah. against the one seed to open it. But then how do you feel about them maybe in the second round? I love talking about alternate timelines. It's fun. And alternate dimensions. I'm kind of a nerd. Don't anyway. get me going about portals. Okay. Those Wormholes? Uh. Okay. So how I feel about Hoquiam is, you know, we we just watched them put up 80 points against Eatonville. Right. And then three days later, put up 28 points against Monty. There's a level of experience they're missing, Mm -hmm. and they have not been particularly good defensively. Like, if you just take league play, and I did this earlier because I'm a massive nerd. Yes. If you go and just (laughs) average out how many points each team allowed in league play, Tonino was the best defensive team, Monty was second, Elmo was third, Hoquiam was substantially fourth, which... If you think of Jeff Neme, Don't their head coach. Don't forget Eatonville was substantially fifth. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think of Jeff Neme, their coach, and the kind of things that you know he's preaching, yes. Neme is a defensive guy. Yep. And defense is important to him, and it's important in basketball and his team in general. Yeah. So I worry that as Hoquiam has not been a particularly good defensive team, yeah, they might be able to score. Like, if you get Joey Bozich open and he can knock down some threes, you know what Lincoln Nemi is capable of dropping 40, 30, 27, 28 points on a regular basis. Xander put up 30 the other night. Xander's blows put up, my mind. Xander's put up 30 multiple times this year. That's crazy. While also grabbing double-digit rebounds. That's crazy. You got Chris Bryson in there to knock a couple of threes down and block a bunch of shots, and then you got Aiden Butcher to clean up the boards. Like, this Hoquiam team has all the pieces to put together to compete with anyone. But on any given day, will they do it? And w- will they have the depth? And will they go out and compete the way that they need to defensively to beat good teams? And that's right. the one thing that I wonder about. Right. Either way, district week and a half yeah. is the best week it's and gonna a half. It's going to be nuts. I am going to be I'm going to have no sleep. Yeah. My son, I'm starting to I'm trying to figure out if like, okay, how do I make it so like can Anchor sit on my backpack? Like, yeah. can I wear Anchor on a backpack and broadcast a basketball game at the same hoop. time? Hoop. 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 Yeah. He's grown out of that a little bit. Now he says basketball. Nice. Does and, he say buckets yet? Uh, I need to teach him buckets. Teach him buckets. I need to teach him buckets. <laughs> I will say, after he's watched a couple of my rec basketball games in person, he has stopped shooting underhand granny style. Yeah. And now he goes up to his little basketball hoop and goes like this. Okay. All right, he's getting the wrist flick. He's in already there. got the wrist flick. Okay, a little snot. Yeah, I didn't figure that out till I was twenty-five. No, I'm just kidding. But just make sure he doesn't leave it up there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll teach him to follow his shot. Follow yeah. through. That's yeah. good follow through. Though. Keep the follow through, but also follow his shot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of kids don't follow their shots. Yeah, um, yeah, it's number just, one priority I, score. Number two priority, follow your shot. I love districts. <laughs> 
Districts yeah. is so much fun. We've had a lot of good times. We've had districts. so many good memories. Yeah. Dude, 1A district championships at Oakwheel. Yeah. It's not at Kelso this year. Yes. That's I think exciting. I think I'm just going to take my family and be like we're just gonna be at the gym all day yeah because why would you ever go anywhere else it's gonna like, be the best when we were at hook william square garden on friday and uh like i had some people who were with me who haven't been to a lot of games at hook william yeah and they were like hey that's really cool how they have on the side of the scoreboards numbers fouls points no other high yeah. school gyms have that and i was like you didn't know like this venue is amazing hook william square garden's legit we've been talking about lately how many amazing venues we have locally as i've traveled all over the yes western side of the state to yes. all these different basketball venues and so many of them suck yes hokeway square garden bo griffith memorial gymnasium mm-hmm. elma high school sam ben gym yeah these are really good venues so i hope that <laughs> the people awesome. who live here appreciate how good these places are absolutely and just to put it into better perspective rick anderson yeah Renowned sports writer and editor. Legend. Legend. Said that maybe Kelso's gym competes with Hoquiam as the best gym in Southwest Washington. I've been there. I like Hoquiam's program better. better. Me Ho- too. Hoquiam's better. I can't be more proud right now. And yet, I have ultra fond memories because when Monty opens up that second level. Yeah. It adds a total another dimension. Well, Bo Griffith is great. Yeah. I, I don't know how to compare these venues to each other, but I can tell you that I've never been to a basketball at a basketball game at Hoquiam Square Garden and gone away thinking that was lame. Right. It's a great venue. Absolutely. So we get the district championships locally. So even if you don't have a team that's like in one of the games playing that day, go watch. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. We have our athlete of the week. Is that next? Yeah. Oh, it's, well, I guess we should. Do you want to talk about it? I, we should talk about it Let, a little bit. Let's talk about it and not dwell on it. Uh, okay. So we'll <laughs> talk about it quickly and then get to a commercial break. And can you read the commercial break this time? I'll hand it to sure. you. Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> so For there normal was, reasons. There's craziness that happened. Aberdeen yeah. against Shelton. Yeah. We did tease that. Yeah. We'll get to that more later. Um, This is bonkers. Yeah. So Aberdeen's playing at Shelton, yeah. right? Yeah. And are we going to leave the names out of this? I think so because they're high school kids. Okay. The, so the Aberdeen girls. There's the Aberdeen a, girls yeah, there's a missed shot. Yeah. An Aberdeen player gets the rebound, contested by the Shelton player who missed the shot. Yeah. Ball goes to the ground. Players go to the ground. Generally a normal scrap for the ball. And then all of a sudden, one of the players, the Shelton player, just starts punching the mon- the Aberdeen player in the head. Yeah. First in the face, and then once she's oh, curled she up hit. and covered her, the initial the punch initial was shot to the got her in the face. Oh my god! And gosh. then she curled up and covered I'm her head with her hands. So hard and not then to the say Shelton that, player continued to punch her in the head. I'm trying so hard not to say the name right now yeah. because I know the girl who got punched, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you're interested in seeing this video, we posted it on all of our socials, and the only one it remains on is X, formerly Twitter. It's gone on Instagram, too. It's on Instagram, and it's still there. I will say that um, I knew that this video was going to be of local interest, and some people might pay attention to it outside of that. Right. I didn't anticipate that it was going to get around a million views. Oh, my gosh. Before it got pulled off of a couple of the platforms, and now it's only on Twitter, where you can find it if you go to our it's, Twitter, at The Scrimmage. It's still on Instagram. 
Yeah, it's on Instagram. It just didn't get nearly as much traction on there. Oh, gotcha. I got to say, my buddy from work who lives in Kelso said yeah. one of his random Facebook friends shared this video, and he sent me a yeah. screenshot on it and was like, hey, I know that page. <laughs> two two nice. local news networks also reached out to us and asked permission to use our video because yep. I basically I just screen recorded what was on NFHS. And right. then Shelton went, and I don't know how they did it, but they removed... All, they tried to remove all evidence of the video from the internet, but it was already there. Yeah, you um, can't do that. The internet is everlasting. And I understand that, like, they're why they would want to try to erase it because it's a high school girl. Right. She's not a minor. She's eighteen. She was arrested. She will appear before a judge. Wow. For assault. Wow. What floored me the most about this, what I was most surprised by, was going into the comments of this video and realizing how many people were going. Oh, well, the Aberdeen player swung first. So I would like to wow. clear up a couple of things because okay. I pretty much guarantee you I've watched this video more times than anyone else. Yeah. As that little skirmish for the ball is happening, the Aberdeen player reaches over the head of the Shelton player, right? which was a foul. And if you pay attention to the referee, he's calling a foul on the Aberdeen player. Okay. But she wasn't taking a swing at the Shelton player. She's reaching over to where she thought the ball was. Right. That's exactly how and I thought it went. it's very obvious that that's what's happening. Yeah. So if you watch the video and you think something different, counterpoint, you're dumb. There's no... You generally are looking where you're trying to put your hand. Yes. And she's not looking at the face of the other person who her hand is going over. She's look, yes. looking down at the ground and trying to get her arm Correct. to that spot. So in the meantime, yeah. as we already mentioned, there had been multiple technical fouls and bench warnings uh, assessed in this game. It was very tense. And I think what happened as the Aberdeen player pulled her arm over the head of the Shelton player, she also caught her ponytail in her arm. Mm -hmm. So the Shelton player thinks... This girl took a swing at me, yeah. and now she's pulling my hair. Right. I don't think that was the intention from the Aberdeen player at all. Right. And I believe that's how it was perceived by the Shelton player. So when the Shelton player gets her hair loose, she gets up. She has leverage over the top of the Aberdeen player. She punches her in the face. Right. Gets her to the ground. And then instead of jumping off of her, she stays on top of her. As the Aberdeen player is covering her head, she continues to punch her in the head. Yeah. So the thing that has floored me the most about this is the amount of people going in the comments going, well, the Aberdeen player swung first. The Aberdeen player's at wrong. Or the Aberdeen player's wrong. Both are at fault. Both should be punished. Right. And again, counterpoint, you're dumb. Like, if you watched that video and took anything away from it besides something happened in a basketball play... And the reaction was something that's not basketball anymore. Right. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like the Aberdeen player did something that was a foul. Yeah. She was going to get called for a foul. And the Shelton's player's response was, I'm going to repeatedly punch you while I have you in a vulnerable spot. And even the initial punch, as yeah. you just mentioned. Blocked by the referee, by the way, in the video. You yeah. can't see the initial punch very well. But I would have so much more grace for like, ah, punch. And then get off. And then get off. Yeah. But the repeated, like... Yeah, because if no, you I'm on, you're attacked, yeah, yeah. it's appropriate... If you think you're attacked, it's appropriate to disengage violently. To push, disengage push violently. Push off. Yes. Like, yeah. hey, you exactly pulled my right. hair, I'm if, pushing away from if you. If she yeah. threw her hands yeah. and jumped up, that's different. Yes. Yeah. Also, I want to say, 
even though this kid is not a minor, yeah, it is a high school student. Yes. I am going to assume that this is not a terrible kid. Yeah. I don't know anything about this kid. You're not interested in canceling her? No. Oh. Not one bit. Interesting, because half of the internet is. The other half is blaming the Aberdeen player for, quote unquote, swinging first. And half says, uh, you know, cast this Shelton player into the eternal flames of hell. No. This is probably a kid <laughs> who, A, had a really bad day, or B, has had some crap go on in her life. And definitely had a bad moment in a yes, tense game. Exactly. Yeah. This is not... I Charged with assault? I hope that something happens with this that doesn't ruin this girl's rest of her life. Yeah. Because I don't view her like that at all. Do I think she was 100 per? Do I think she was in the wrong? And this is a crazy situation and I hate her reaction to it and I'm 100% with you. Yeah. With everything you just said. I don't want this girl to just have her life ruined because of this crazy thing that happened in a basketball game. She made a bad mistake. Yes. And she needs to be held accountable for the bad mistake that she made, which had a negative effect on another person. Right. So once the point, once that point is reached where you have now been held accountable for assaulting this other person. Right. Let's move on. Yeah. And you don't need to be demonized. Exactly. Like you're still, like you said, not a minor, 18 years old. Still a high school kid. Yep. Like, we're all allowed to make mistakes, mistakes when we're teenagers. Yep. Your mistake hurts someone else. Yes. By hurting someone else, it requires you to suffer some consequence for that. Yep. Once that's happened, you don't need to be a bad person forever. Exactly. And we can, we can move on from that. 100%. Yeah. Right. So, with that said, people on the internet... Calm Stop down. blaming the Aberdeen player and saying that she initiated it because she did not. Seriously. And watching watching her play, no chance. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is on the Cairo 7 News report, which, by the way, the, the fact that it was an 18-year-old who was arrested and charged, that came from Cairo News. We're not journalists. We're not reporting on that. We just kind of shared. Well, we're, we're both journalists, kind of. I mean, we both we're, have history as journalists. We're journalists adjacent. <laughs> well, we both have history as journalists. Yeah. I'm interested in journalism and I appreciate it. Okay. But when we <laughs> shared the video, it was more like, hey, this is news. React to it. We didn't even initially share our opinion on it. Exactly. But when once it was shared and news stations started to pick it up, like the stuff like, hey, there was a police report. Right. She was charged. She was arrested. She's a, not a minor. That all came from official actual reputable news outlets right um cairo 7 i think fox 13 also reported on it so this is what's happening and then it turned into a bigger story because they had already been working on a story about the shelton football program oh in which really the shelton football coach had been teaching a weights weight room class and had kids doing contact drills and there were injuries Interesting. So there's already something happening at Shelton High School. Huh. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. We will. Are we good with this? Yeah. All right. I think it's time to take a break because we still have our Athlete of the Week and a little bit of teaser of something we're excited about. Yeah. That is a growing thing that I think is just getting better and better. But first, a word from our sponsors before we announce our Athlete of the Week. Spivey Realty Group's goal is to make buying, selling, and investing and renting real estate in Grays Harbor simple. 
They believe in 100% transparency and unparalleled communication with local expertise, tech-enhanced, and top-notch service for their friends, neighbors, and community. Their goal is simple. Get a group of strong-willed, hard-working people together who want to make a difference in Grays Harbor and use real estate as the means of achieving that. Voted Grays Harbor's best real estate company. Find them on Facebook or visit graysharborrealestate.com. Spivey Realty Group, elevating small-town real estate. By the way, if you're interested in finding Spivey Realty Group, you can find them through our Facebook page because we often tag them in our Spivey Athlete of the Week, and sometimes we share their posts as well, and they do great work for Grays Harbor County. So... First off, I'm going to real quick before Daniel gets out here, I'm going to tease something that we've been working on that's a project of ours, and we're very excited about it. The Evergreen 1A defensive all-league teams, we did this last year, and it was kind of a last-minute idea. We threw it together. We got voting from our local schools just on the boys' side, so Hoquiam, uh, Montesano, and Elma. And we combined that with our votes and we named defensive Evergreen 1A All-League teams. This year we decided with a little bit more planning, we could not only expand to inviting all coaches to vote in the league, including Tonino and Eatonville, but we also could include the girls' side as well. So we are very excited to do that. That Most of those votes are in. We're going to have a couple more ballots coming in as well. But Daniel, I know that defense is important to you. Yes. So share for about 40 seconds why it is. <laughs> defense is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to look right into the depths of your souls. Because without defense, the other team scores more points. And you know what? If you're playing a game and you're trying to score more points than the other team, it is important to keep them from scoring points. It is also near and dear to my heart because that was my main contribution to the basketball teams which I played on, was to keep the other team's best player from scoring points. That was the way that I got to find myself on the floor. And it is also a good reminder to those of you who love to play basketball, but maybe you're not the all-star scorer who's scoring 30 points a game. Maybe you're not the six-foot-eight kid who is blocking shots or getting rebounds or is a star just because he is tall. You can still have a very, very important role on the basketball team of which you want to play on. Kids I think of, like Peyton Domashevitz, no aforementioned relation. in the coach's interview with Leonard Barnes. Like Xanto Reyes. Yeah. Reyes? Reyes. Yeah, I think so. Very important to his team. And I have seen him play excellent, excellent defense. He's not six foot eight. He's not the kid scoring 30 points. He might be five foot eight. He maybe. Maybe not. But he is extremely valuable. He's either five foot eight or he isn't. Yeah. To his team. <laughs> <laughs> And that is why if you love the sport of basketball and maybe you love dribbling it around and you like to put it up, but you can't always get it in. <laughs> Defense. Stop it, Justin. Just You just sometimes you have to penetrate. Like you have to get the ball inside. You know what I'm saying? But if you can stop the ball from getting inside, yeah. extremely valuable. Well... And yeah. so that is, I was giving you 40 seconds on why defense is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I appreciate that. You did, you spoke very eloquently. Yes. I appreciate that. I love it. So, also, the, really quick, so you said, Daniel, 
By the way, you said, yeah. don't tell me you didn't love being... He says, in all caps, yes, I absolutely loved it. Actually, he didn't say absolutely. I nailed it. Okay. I added that. He said, yes, I loved it. It's an adrenaline thing. This is back to him as a diver yeah. at this state tournament. Having all eyes on you feels awesome unless you fail. Yeah, but Diving. it wasn't really about all eyes being on him. Yeah. It was about all eyes being on him in a Speedo, which well, I know he loved. Yeah. Diving is a constant <laughs> back and forth with lots of failures, but hitting a good dive knowing that everyone and their mom is watching feels amazing. He wanted the moms to watch, huh? I think he was more just proud that his mom was watching him doing something. Oh, his great. mom. That changes it. I, I I don't know. the So, Andrew, the little <laughs> heart thing on my screen, what does his comment actually say? Knowing that... It says, uh, hitting a good dive knowing everyone and their mom is watching. Oh, okay. It does amazing. say that. That's, I assumed that's what it said. Why said. did he include the moms? Because, because all it's the a families saying. are there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a saying. Come also, on. Also, uh, shout <laughs> Is this like a Stacy's mom has got it going on? Tomorrow kind of thing, is or? his 30th. It's his birthday tomorrow. Thir- 34th Fourth. birthday. 34th birthday. Oh, Happy old. birthday to Daniel Gross. He's old. I'm 35. You got, you're old, too. Stop it. I'm not old. <laughs> you're older than Daniel. <laughs> and Daniel. <laughs> and I'm older than all of you. Oh, it's a weird world. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird world <laughs> in which people are old. What did he say? Is it repeatable? <laughs> he says he's older now. Into moms. <laughs> All right, all right, Justin. Did you give us? Did we give enough teas to our? I gotta yeah, say, so in the case, one thing we're still missing, yeah, is we do have a local two A team. You know what? I, and I would love to do that. I would love to do something with Aberdeen. I super would love to do that. Yeah. So, so in case anybody's wondering why we don't, and this is a good, yeah. I'm glad that you brought this up. Right. So there's basically two options. Yeah. We can either do Evergreen One A, which has three of our teams in it. Yep. Or we can do an all-area defensive team, right? which expands out to B schools and 2A and 1B schools. And I, there's gets, so many more coaches to reach out to, so yeah. many more that I don't know, so many more that I wouldn't know how to even contact. Yep. That, And I'm sorry, I, I apologize to these kids because I feel kind of bad about it. Like, I would love if North Beach and Acosta and Raymond and Willapop Valley and Oakville and Mary M. Knight and yep. Lake Quinault and Aberdeen... Could all be involved in this. Yes. But in order to uh, protect my own sanity, (laughs) it's been difficult enough for me to organize boys and girls side five teams. You've put in a ton of work into this. So if anyone is wondering, hey, why don't those schlubs on the scrimmage recognize the other teams around? I'm sorry. (laughs) I can only do so much. I know. Even with your work... I might overrule it on the girl side and just say Zoe Tro is the defensive MVP. You know what? <laughs> you have a vote just like everyone else. Right. I never said in the rules you're not allowed to vote for players outside of the league. Right. So vote for Zoe Tro. I don't give a crap. I might just we I might just create an award for her. Since yeah. we're looking at the one A Evergreen, I think she deserves 
recognition for the two A, and we don't need to get any of their opinions. I still I don't know about you, but I don't care what Tumwater people think. So we don't get any votes. We don't name anyone else, but we just say Zoe Tro is the two A Evergreen League defensive MVP. Absolutely, no teams outside of that. I don't care. Zoe Tro. Yeah, and then the runner up is Annie Tro. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) almost a triple dub. Almost with steals. steals. I I do still think that we need to come up with a defensive uh, counterpoint to the bucket getter. We do have kind of a cool name for the the rebounding leader, king of the boards or queen of the boards, king or queen of the boards. But we don't have the complete counterpoint to the bucket getter, the stopper. Coach Barnes mentioned the stopper. Yeah. That's pretty good. You, you know, I'm here's the thing. But I feel like if you're going to be a bucket getter and then counterpoint to the defense, yeah. it's got to be more than a stopper. It's got to be like the vault. You got to yeah. lock that down. Here's the thing. Scoring is flashy. There's something like a bucket getter, that's a flashy award. Yeah. Defensive specialists, they don't want a flashy award. That's true. Hmm. They want to be defensive league MVP. So I would argue defensive league MVP is the equivalent of bucket getter. Well, no, because you you pick an MVP every year. You don't necessarily pick a gu- bucket getter every year. Yeah, but yeah. Have, I'm not sure if we're going to pick a bucket getter this year, though. A bucket getter is the scrimmage's peak offensive basketball award. It's not for being the most valuable player. You can be the most valuable player and not be a bucket getter. That's true. It's a good point. I'm not sure. If we're, yeah, like also, I said, you made a point that was opposite of my point, so shut up, Andrew. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to, A, I'm not sure if we're going to pick a bucket getter this year. We'll have to discuss this. But, B, shut up, man. I would have loved a flashy award as a defensive player. <laughs> Well, I okay. So I was wrong, <laughs> but I think you're right. Mostly in general, I think I'm the outlier. I love okay, attention. Well, really, I would have loved attention. All I was doing was trying to make excuses for why we haven't done it. So you ruined it. Congratulations, I ruined it. both of you ruined it. It's I, been ruined. I do think king or queen of the boards would work for that name. Like it, it, it. The title specifically doesn't reference all of defense. What about but, the clamp? You're a clamp. The clamp. Mm, no, doesn't work. It's too close to clam. And <laughs> it's too close to clap. It's too close to both of those. Too things. close to clam and clap. Vault. Vault doesn't. If you have it's the not clap catchy. Your clam, that's not good. So um, now, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> who are nominations? God, I hope nobody was watching for this. this. <laughs> who are the nominees? Nom 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 nom. I'm too embarrassed to talk. Okay, uh, we we went through the roundup, yeah. and there was multiple kids who were like athlete of the week. So it definitely was uh, Annie Tro. Yes, because of nineteen point. Was it what the nineteen points? Um, Let's see. Well, she had the almost tripped up in yeah. the Shelton game where she was one point shy of a triple double that included steals. Right. And yeah, she and had 19 that, points had and nine... three steals yeah. in the Myrtle Street rivalry game. And Zoe had 11 boards and eight steals in that game. Yeah. And then she led them with 15 points and nine boards and seven steals. Dear Lord. Yeah. I know where I'm leaning initially. 
So, but I'm sure they get crap like this all the time. So I'm not even sure if they'd like it. Uh, Anna Davis. Okay. Recorded a double double in a win on Monday with 17 points and 14 rebounds. And then a double-double I'm, with 17 points and 15 rebounds again on Thursday. That's awesome. But I got to say, just you saying double-dub, yeah. that's like the theme of this week's show. True. So while I love that, and now I'm kind of leaning that way as well. Gosh dang it. What's next? I'm still just kind of embarrassed that I said that. Thing yeah, it's okay. Um, we'll Tice, move on. Tice Peterson. Which, I'm, I'm, I support you. <laughs> thank you. I'm loving you through it. <laughs> which gets Tice Peterson gets my sentimental pick because I love him. Yep. Um, but he led Monty in both of their wins this week in points with 12 points against uh, North Beach. And that, that game was 63 to 25. And if I'm being honest, Tice didn't play a whole bunch because there was a ton of subs mixing in in that game. Right. He still managed to lead the team with 12 points. And then in the crucial game on Friday, he led all scores with 23 points against Hoquiam. And Did Hoquiam beat him in the first matchup? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. What? How a season shifts. Overtime. How a season yeah. shifts. They did a lot of things wrong in that game. The Bulldogs did. So, um, yeah. So, Tice leading the team in both. And then 23 points. And, again, you know, that was a blowout in the end. And he sat a lot of the second half. So, he was incredibly efficient. So uh, Tice Peterson gets a nod there as an athlete of the week nominee. And then Zeke Olson also for Aberdeen boys diving, um, with an 11 dive total of two Oh three point one and qualifying for, uh, qualifying for districts or no, he won the district title Yeah, qualified for the state birth. Wait, he, but he won the district title at a different district. He competed with, a higher classifications, district. but my impression was that he competed with them did because he, there were not enough. Yeah, but did he beat them, or was he just... I don't actually know the answer to that. Okay. But I think it's still 2A that he won yes. the district title for. Yes. But did he beat the higher competition? I don't know. I don't think the information showed that. Okay. So I'm... Hmm. We got some tough choices to make here as usual. It'd be really easy if people stopped being so good and at Jilly these. Dalen also was one rebound shy of two double doubles last week. <laughs> For Monty Girls basketball. So uh, let so, me read more here about Anna Davis. So, so Anna so Davis I'll, I'll I'll just tell you had seventeen and fourteen and yeah. three steals. Yeah. And then she had 17 and 15. And Anna Davis, by the way, was the one who had the triple-double against Hoquiam's JV. Right. Was that last week or the week before? I can't remember. But Yeah. Um, I can tell you because of what felt like... And, and this, I, I, I acknowledge that I fall into the trap of what I see with my own eyes. Right. But for Tice... You know, this season has been a thing where, you know, he went from being the unquestioned best scorer on a team to kind of playing second fiddle scoring wise and accepting the role of doing everything else. And he does everything else exceptionally well. So Defense, good. rebounding. And then he's really come on offensively for Monty, as Leonard Barnes said, 
at the right time. The magnitude of the Hoquiam game was if you win your second place and you host a district game, if you lose your fourth place and you play the Trico champion. And from what I've heard, far and away the best team in that division. It seems like. Yeah. So so the magnitude of that game and the way Ty stepped out, the efficiency with which he scored, knocking down three-pointers, hitting shots inside while also playing great defense and rebounding. I My tendency immediately was to go to Tyce Peterson while also acknowledging that, number one, I'm biased because I love him. Love <laughs> and him number too. two, I'm biased because I watched it with my own eyes. Right. 12 points. 12 points in a game that he probably played less than half of. That's the tough part. Like, <laughs> but he led the a, team, though. It's a huge game. Yeah. And yet they turned it into not a game after, what, the first quarter? It was 20-8 to eight after the first quarter. And then it wasn't one of those things where the other team battled back. No. no. That's the hard part. Yeah. I love Ty so much. Yeah. He played on a wiffle ball team. He did. He got excited when I hit dingers. Yeah. <laughs> Which should make you think that he's the best person there is. He's such a nice kid. He got he excited made, when you did good stuff. He made a middle-aged... That speaks to Daniel. He Mark. made a middle-aged, <laughs> flabby white guy feel good about himself in a wiffle ball tournament. You're talking about me or you? Me. Oh, you're flabby? Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sure what that makes you. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say I was I was considering myself round. Round? Yeah. Yeah. My brother and I were going over our old nicknames. Yeah. Like the Fatty McFat Fat. Yeah. The Fatty McSlim Slim. Yeah. Slimmy McSlim Slim. I think that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you were really skinny. <laughs> really skinny. Yeah. Anyway. Flabby McSlim Slim. Yeah. So Gabe Bodwell. Babe Gobwell. <laughs> so I love Tice Peterson. Yeah. But so I wanted I want to share with you my thought process. Here. Yes. The tros. Mm -hmm. They're tro good. You, are we <laughs> okay? You know what, Daniel? Just trod out away and let's move on to the next thing. Okay. <laughs> then you got Anna Davis. Yeah. Deserving multiple times this year. Accurate. But beat out. But Soph also sophomore, sophomore Anna Davis. She's a sophomore? Yeah. She's a sophomore. Which is why And then they have eighth grader. Crystal Toll. So when we talked about when they beat Hoquiam JV before, <sighs> like, okay, well, you played a JV team, but then the two best players on their team were a sophomore and an eighth grader. Oh, man. Yeah. And then you got Tyce Peterson. Yeah. So at first I was like, Tro twins, let's do it. <laughs> You're twins. You both win Athlete of the Week. Yeah. Tro twins. Yeah. Very deserving. Very deserving. Their weeks are nuts when you look at both of their games. Yeah. Almost they got up. good escalators because that Shelton win solidified their playoff berth. Accurate. And one of the games was a Myrtle Street, Myrtle Street rivalry game. Yeah. Anna Davis. Yeah. Double dubs all over the place. Yeah. Triple dubs. Yeah. Passed. Stud. Yeah. Tyce Peterson. Jumped from four to two. We love him. Get a home game in the playoffs. Roots for my home runs and wiffle ball tournaments. Also... A representation of all that's I, I, right in selflessness yeah. in basketball. And I keep bringing up the <laughs> wiffle ball tournament because I want you to know how biased I am yes. when it comes to these Super things. Super biased. Because yeah. that should make no difference as yeah, to this that decision. that didn't happen this week, Daniel. Exactly. That was months ago. <laughs> Athlete of the year. <laughs> <sighs> 
We might need a, Andrew as a tiebreaker wow, here. Wow, have we been going for two and a half hours? It's been so long. Oh, Hannah looks like she wants us to leave. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. So Gabe Bodwell? or I'm going to throw my vote in. Okay. I'm going to give you a one, two, three. Yeah. I love all the kids. Whoever says it louder. My vote <laughs> goes to our athlete of the week being Annie and Zoe Tro. Okay. As our athletes of the week. My runner-up is Anna Davis, and my third spot, as much as I love him, is Dice Peterson. That's where I'm leaning, and that's that's my thought. Okay, uh, you'd put Tice Peterson third, so I can... But I would be okay with him being second. Okay, so I can vote for Tice Peterson first, Okay, and then Zoe and Annie second, and then Zoe and Annie still win... But I can still tell Tice that I voted for him first. Yeah. And okay. I, I feel- so I go Tice first and then Zoe Annie second. Okay. Andrew, do you have any thoughts? This is a win-win for me. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I like the Tros. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Bobcat over there. Voting yep. for yeah. Bobcats. Yep. I'm not biased at all okay. by voting for a Bulldog. I wish we had a different picture. Maybe we can do some editing magic because the only picture I have with both of them I think it was Annie was like, man, I'm not one of them's in a uniform. And yeah. We're, no, we're going to use that one. Annie's like, I'm not in my uniform. Yeah, we're going to use that. And I'm like, it's okay. No, we're going to use she, that one. She felt s- bummed out. She's like, man, I'm not well, in my uniform. Wait, it was Annie that was not in the uniform? Yeah, now. Zoe. We have a picture of Annie in her uniform. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, can you do some, like. No, I'm going to use the one you took. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Understand. <laughs> so are we good with that? Yeah. Annie, I love it. Annie and Zoe Tro, yeah. you are only. Oh. <laughs> you are our Spivey Athletes of the Week. Bah. Thank you so much. Congratulations. To Spivey Realty Group, and congratulations to Annie and Zoe Tro. You are our Spivey Athletes of the Week. Your guys' performances this week were absolutely amazing. Offensively, defensively, on the rebounds, everything impeccable. Good luck in your pigtail game. Good luck in districts. I hope I get to cover one of your guys' basketball games in the district tournament in 2A Evergreen versus Greater St. Helens. Yeah. yeah. District 4 Tournament Basketball. You are Spivey Athletes of the Week. Runner-ups both to Anna Davis and Tice Peterson. And Zeke Olson. And Zeke Olson. Excellent, excellent performances. But again, thank you to Spivey Realty Group for sponsoring the segment and sponsoring you guys as Athletes of the Week. Hannah wants us to leave. Hannah wants us to leave. Um, let's see. One last comment from Daniel said, heck yeah. Get it. The way swimming districts work, Andrew might know. I don't. But he won. Headed to state is super new. I'm hoping he went to an invitational up there because then there's a bit of knowledge. Andrew, can you translate any of He's what he just said that heading to state is super crazy because the venue is huge the pool is huge it's a completely different atmosphere um he's hoping that he went to an invitational up there at that pool it uh so that then there he kind of knows what he to expect i you're hope he's hoping zeke olsen no went how some swimming districts work gotcha so he's hoping zeke olsen competed at the pool that he's going to, so then he has some yeah. familiarity. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Is that it? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. All right. I feel like I failed Tice. I love Tice. Yeah. This was not the week. Yeah. When Tice <laughs> drops 25 
and then has 15 and 10 in their next two district <laughs> tournament games, he'll be athlete of the week. Maybe he needs 10 steals. If I had a favorite player that was not my own son. I was going to say, dude, your own son <laughs> plays on the team. But if I had a play favorite player who was not my own son, it would be Tice. I'm going to say, if I had a favorite player who wasn't my own son, yeah. it'd be your own son. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's no going to do it for Yeah, that's going to do it for our <laughs> show today. So, for my co-host Justin Telv Damashevitz. <laughs> my co-host Daniel can't say any rights any any right word wait words any right words right Hargrove. You should have gone with the show sheet. Daniel wrote never forget I can't remember. Hold on. 3 2 1. And my co-host Daniel can't remember any words right Hargrove. <laughs> Better. Still not great. Okay. And our trusty producer, Andrew. I don't know how swimming works. I just did it for five years. Four years. Super senior. <laughs> I don't know. You've been listening to the scrimmage. And for my co-host, Daniel, <laughs> never forget, I can't remember Hargrove. <laughs> Hold on. three. I can do it better. Three, two, one. And for my co-host, Daniel, never forget, I can't remember Hargrove. You've been listening to the scrimmage.